Yeah, well, I sort of think that there's something, like, ingrained inside my lizard brain, right? Like, from back in the days that we lived in caves, where I look at a guy that can climb something, and I think to myself, that's good genetically to have him around on my side, you know? Like, my enemies don't want people that can climb shit, and, like, I'm I'm buddies with the guy that can, like, go really high, so my chances of survival are now up. Where again, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, think back, think back, think back to like, you know, like Paleolithic times or whatever. And it's like a guy that can lift a rock, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't fucking care. Like, what does that do for me? Really? You know, he can squat down and pick up a boulder. It's like, I'm not impressed, you know, but like a guy that can like get up a tree in 15 seconds. I'm like, he's just throwing yeah. fruit down to me. That, that's my you know? fruit guy. No. Yeah. That's my fruit guy. Like, you know, we need to protect him at all costs. And I also sort of think too, that like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, in like gym scenarios, like people will just sort of like focus on like, you know, upper body, like, you know, sort of chest and arms. And then you have these like there's like big ass chest with these big goofy arms and then just like a gut you know and like little fucking shrimp legs like i see that often but i think the cool thing about climbing is that it's like it works out everything you know what i mean you're getting proportionally strong in all aspects of your body just by doing it Mm -hmm. so then it creates this nice equilibrium of fitness where you look at someone's calves and they look nice just like their arms do and if you're thinking that you're going to be able to get up that boulder without a little bit of core strength, I got another thing to tell you because you're probably not going to be able to do that. Do you want to know the scientific reason here why uh, this is appealing to you both? Uh, yeah, hit me, yeah, hit me with yeah. the science. What's the reason? science? Yeah, uh, it's because it reminds you of uh, Spider Man and you really <laughs> love Marvel movies. So we should yeah, probably get into this one because yeah. okay. you uh-huh. love Marvel. Yeah, lots of right. science in this one. Yeah, that yeah, was a lot sure. of science, so <laughs> okay. uh, there you go. Right. Okay. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Christian. I liked Ant-Man. Wow. Whoa. That, and is that the podcast? That's the podcast. We, All right, GGs. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Wow, I win. I think this is a score for no, me. I oh, and I'm Dan. So. I'm Dan. Uh, I think I'm John, that, and I'm resident fruit guy. Right. I think that this actually just cancels out Dark World. I think we're even again. <laughs> Back to that nice uh, steady equilibrium we were just talking right, about. Right, I know. Yeah, because the the scales were tipped in my balance for a little bit too long after Thor Dark World. I just had a definitive win on the docket. So, you know, we need to even it out by having an actual cool movie like Ant-Man. Yeah, you know, I thought many times about just not telling you that Thor Dark World exists and we would just move past it and never mention it and (laughs) hope that nobody ever said anything about it. But unfortunately, uh, you know, we had to watch it for that one important scene where it talks about Infinity Stones. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, so that whole movie, yes, could have been done in five minutes, but uh, it wasn't. Yeah, but uh, hey, what's going on, everybody? Hello, it's your favorite uh, podcast cape shit. Uh, my name is Christian. We're back in the motherfucking saddle. We got you with a little Ant Man. Uh, this is, of course, a film uh, 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 by uh, directed, uh, starred in, produced by Paul Rudd. Um, That's not true. He also wrote the script uh, for this film as well. Partially as true. If he will, uh, no, complete. He completely wrote the script for this film. 
Um, and uh, it's a a, a a movie about a man who shrinks. Dude, the 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 complete disgust on Dan's face. <laughs> it's just good that this isn't a video podcast. That's all. Um, <laughs> let's actually talk a little bit about this movie uh, yep. with actual facts this time. I think okay. uh, that's probably a good and idea. Facts, Directed by facts and logic. You're gonna Ben Shapiro us right now. No, no, I'm not. Okay, well, my I'm facts taller, don't so. care about your feelings, Dan. And with that, Ooh. how about we get into Man, this? Man, that's yeah. very hurtful. Right. Yeah. Uh, directed <laughs> well, by uh, the one and only Peyton Reed. What? Oh, my God, Peyton Reed. Uh, that's it. Uh, written by Edgar Wright, <laughs> Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, which I didn't realize, and Paul Rudd. Um, Adam McKay, Wait, obviously. Adam McKay? You don't know Adam McKay? Who's He's Adam done, Adam like, a bunch of... Uh, what's you don't know who Adam McKay is? You're gonna have to wait for real this to me, yeah. Oh, okay, Adam McKay. Yeah, like, Adam uh, McKay I, I know obvious. Joe Cornish, like, and I know on, I yeah. right, but I don't know Adam McKay. <laughs> Adam McKay has done a shit ton of movies that you know: Step Brothers, Never Anchorman. Saw it. Never saw it. What's that? What? Am, no, you guys are fucking with me for I'm sure. I'm not. I actually, I I feel like John might be. This seems like a uh uh. Yeah. Right. Wait. Okay. So you've never seen Step Brothers? No. no. What the fuck? No. Wait, John hasn't? No, I haven't. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, going to say, dude, right. I, I was like, there's no way, yeah, John. I, no, but I, was actually, actually I actually gonna... haven't watched Anchorman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's... What else? What else? What else? More we got? fine, I guess. Uh, oh, here's one for you, uh, okay. Christian. Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Uh, big uh, fan. There we go. This yeah, is what you uh, get for betraying us, Alex! <laughs> and then he like shoots everyone in the mall. It was culturally more appropriate at that point. I feel like you couldn't have a big mall shoot 'em up scene these well, days. But sure, you know. sure. he's like good friends with Will Ferrell, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, Talladega Nights, obviously. Uh, right. Come Never on, you've it. seen that. Uh, no, oh I my haven't. god, uh, he did a ton of Eastbound and Down uh, Never TV it. show. Never seen it. Wow, really? This yeah. is wild uh the movie vice which was like about uh no you never saw that I, 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 and all that? I, no I, what is that i don't even know what that is okay uh succession oh, uh you know I've what i've heard of that i watched yeah. two episodes of succession cool. and found Woo. it pretty boring so okay. <laughs> <laughs> never finished that uh, first season don't look up that netflix movie that came out last uh, year never saw it. watch it never saw it yeah well, see, here's wow. the thing. I was going to watch, like, Don't Look Up, and then a bunch of really annoying people recommended the movie <laughs> to me, and I was okay. like, actually, I don't think I will. Yeah. Okay, can I just say, even after uh, I said that, that movie was not very good. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. But see, it that, and, like, like it. Again, just, that was, yeah. was kind of my impression, because th- there's, like, certain, like, parts of, like, pop culture where it's, like, if the wrong kind of person is recommending it to you too much, it's just like, oh, okay, I should avoid this, actually. Yeah. I don't think Dude, I'd like yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's how I felt about Hamilton. And it took me, like, eight years to watch Hamilton, and I was like, oh, you guys were actually right. But Hell yeah! Well, hey, I'm not gonna job. tell any of them, sure, because of it's eight years later. But yeah. Also, um, Joe Cornish directed uh, Attack the Block, which is this like English movie, comedy, black comedy horror like alien movie. Fucking sick! Hmm. It stars um, John Boyega. Oh yeah! It's still, I mean, for when this is gonna get released, 
it won't be Halloween time anymore, but you guys should go watch it. It's fucking sick. Okay. Sweet. Uh, and then final writer on this uh, to kind of line up to what Christian said is Paul Rudd. Yeah, uh, hey, Paul yeah, Rudd, my hey. boy. Wait, who's that? Uh, who's that? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a pretty good lineup of people in this movie. Uh, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, uh, T.I., Anthony Mackie made some appearances in here, Judy Greer, Michael Pena. Like, it was a good cast. I don't Every know any person, of those I feel people. like. David okay. Dasmalshian, dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Um,. <laughs> Edgar, uh, so Edgar Wright was actually the one who was supposed to direct it. Then there were creative differences. So he uh -oh. wrote it, helped write it, and then left yeah. after the, the script was set in place. That's when Peyton Reed came over and took over the uh, movie. Wait, what were the uh, creative differences? Do we do we know, or did they keep that very he hush, wanted hush. To, uh He wanted to make it more of a standalone movie, kind of like Iron Man was. And then gotcha. um, Kevin Feige went and, like, got a bunch of people to try to rewrite the script and he came back and he was like, Oh, I don't like this. And then he was like, all right. So I'm probably out. didn't originally include like the Avengers compound, I'm guessing. Yeah. And like the Anthony Mackie cameo as and Falcon, you know, I think at that oh, point, in Falcon. The there was a, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say, fuck Edgar Wright. That was a fun part of the movie. That was a, that was a, that was a high what point for me. What is happening? What is happening? Christian just said he was excited to see Falcon. I don't fun. know what well, dude, is and that, going and, on. And that was the thing is like, I thought that it was strange to me that it's like, you take like what is ostensibly the second lamest Avenger, the first one obviously being <laughs> Hawkeye. And then you throw like, like they're the one in the movie. And I was actually like, you know what? It worked very well. Again, it's actually again, like I, a like, perfect uh, fit for this movie because yeah, he's like sure. pretty ordinary in comparison to all the other Avengers and he actually gives a pretty even fight to Ant-Man. This is like before phase 2 though or before phase 3 when they started doing like more uh interesting things I think or maybe phase 4 is phase 4 the one with Multiverse of Madness? Yes. Yeah, okay. So they started doing like weird genre shit um in phase 4 that I think they were too afraid to do back here in phase two i think if this movie by edgar wright was made in phase four they would have been more lenient with him like doing his own spin on the movie but they were just like no everything needs to be like cohesive and homogenized and shit but i think that yeah. if edgar wright stayed on the project this would have been like fucking amazing instead it's like pretty good well, it's enough for Christian to like it, so yeah, fuck it, dude. I liked it, like whatever. I keep, I keep, I keep saying it, but again, I don't really know what to say this week, other than like <laughs> I just, I just, I just wanted to get that out there off the rip. I thought Ant Man was cool. This was, this was a fun movie. Yeah, uh, it was released uh, July seventeenth, twenty fifteen. Made five hundred nineteen million worldwide, and most of its reviews were positive, mentioning the humor, the visual effects, and the fact that it was. Smaller stakes, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Compared to a normal MCU movie, yeah, um, you know, it wasn't a giant city, uh, lifting up into the sky and you know, a threat to the world. It was, you know, a bit smaller in regards to the stakes in this movie, so it felt a bit more grounded. I mean, it was still a threat to the world, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, it was a, it was a, it, it like, but it was a more invisible threat to the world. Like, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. alien spilling out of a portal. It was more this sort of hush hush existential threat that no one knows is happening. Yep, exactly. Not so, even the Avengers. They don't even know it's happening. Yeah, they didn't even know. Yeah, there, there's they a reason well, for that. There's there's yeah, a ooh. very good reason for that. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. It's 1989, and we see uh, our favorite characters here: uh, Howard Stark and a aged Peggy Carter. Yeah, uh, another aged Peggy Carter. <laughs> Just less up. aged. Less aged. Less they, aged than the was, other one. It was much better this time yeah. around. I will say. It was it, it wasn't perfect. No. This was not immaculate. And maybe the only reason that I view it favorably is because of that horrible age Peggy <laughs> Carter. So that's the only thing I have to go off of. But I saw this and I was like, okay, I uh, sure, fine, whatever. I believe this. But I think for me it looked worse because uh Hank Pym, Michael yeah, Douglas. Michael Douglas looked, looked so good. So good. Yeah. Like the fact that he looked so good, and by the way, also the other guy, the uh, the government guy, which yeah, again, the guy like, who has I, like zero lines, but he's there for some. Yeah, reason. the guy who has <laughs> almost no lines, and they say his name one time in the entire movie. Uh, that guy, I didn't even realize that he was de-aged in that scene because yeah. I thought it was so well done until I see him later in the movie and was like, oh wait, he was de-aged. And then you look at him, you look at Michael Douglas as Hank, and then you look at Peggy. And it's like they spent, it's like they got the spirit Halloween de-aging kit for her, and then they spent the real money on the other two. So she just keeps getting screwed. Right. Maybe it's just easier to make people look younger. Because I feel like we're like, like we're seeing that. And anytime there's like a flashback and someone needs to look younger, I'm like, hey, that works. And anytime there's like an age up and now like the actor or actress needs to look, you know, older, I'm like, ah. It's a, it's, a, it's a little janky. Yeah, it's like the difference yeah. between um, creating detail and then removing detail. It's exactly. Like you just have yeah. to, mm. if, if you're making someone younger, you just kind of like lift their face up, smooth out the skin a little bit. And also, we have a lot of a lot of data about what Michael Douglas used to look like, and not yeah. so much data that's, about what you someone know what? will look that's like. That's fair. In the wow. So yeah. that's also you know what I feel like I feel like I've learned a lot. In these past hey. uh, two minutes, <laughs> so thank you so much because yeah, you've right, changed good. my perspective on that. Yeah, uh, although I although I will say in a classic uh, 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 Christian corner, uh, air horns, please. <laughs> hey, what's up? The writing in this first scene felt really stiff. Corner, there you go. What's up? It's Christians. I felt the delivery in the in this scene was stiff. Corner, where I point out that I felt that it was very stiff. This did not, this sort of betrayed the rest of the movie for yeah. me because this first scene, I was kind of like, oh, fuck, here we go. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then it gets better. But like, but th- this was not like a super strong start for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, uh, another corner of uh, Christian ruins movies Woo! for Dan. Uh, when he essentially, he's talking about the pin particles and they want it, they want his uh, invention. And he goes, no one will ever get the pin particles. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I okay. get it. Like, yep. all right, we're set up now. <laughs> no, for sure. And then when he like, then when he like, 
punches the guy too it was just like that was stupid like that was just dumb yeah. like i don't know yeah well uh we make it past this scene luckily and thankfully we make it past yeah. this scene yeah. <laughs> yeah it does go by pretty quickly because they want to get right to the to the meat and potatoes of this movie and that's yeah. uh mr scott lang also known as paul rudd hell yeah uh, big ups paul rudd i don't know if you know this but paul rudd was 85 years old when he filmed this Whoa. Uh, yeah. wow yeah. He's just always impressive. looked the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought, wow, what a great performance for someone of that age. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's, thanks for the he's, true uh, facts. Yeah, I know. I only bring true facts to the table. He is uh, fighting in prison. Uh, turns out it's actually a, a goodbye ritual before he leaves after his latest stint in uh, the hole, as people call it. I don't right, know which also... That was pretty dumb by the way i really did like this movie but that was that yeah. was that was stupid that was really like not i don't know i didn't i thought i thought that was kind of dumb yeah i don't know what it is it's like the first two scenes here just started at such a weird low point yeah. but then i think right after this it immediately kicks off yeah totally uh hank or sorry not hank scott is leaving the uh prison and we get to see Luis for the first time he's yeah. getting picked up we get to see the van uh, which uh, this van is actually a character that will continue to show up in the MCU. Remember that horn. Yeah, well, and I also think that, um, you know, maybe one of the high points for this movie to me is the fact that, like, Luis is actually funny. Like, yes. mm -hmm. like he acts it really well, and he's, like, giving good lines. There were, like, moments in this movie, truly, for the first time ever watching a Marvel movie, where I audibly laughed. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I wasn't beside myself, but I did a little... <laughs> <laughs> okay well there was sometimes where it was more than that Come you know on. well no it was it was it was just to that caliber i didn't you know whatever i didn't uh lose control i didn't go into like a laugh uh, fiesta or whatever you know a few <laughs> stay where i just could not help yeah. myself from cackling but uh no like like louise is a character see because i feel like sometimes like what they do in these movies is that there's like a kind of like a comedy relief character but it's like it's like uh, the lines that they deliver sort of more are just like they make you grin or whatever yeah. you know like like you're supposed to sort of go like nah you know whereas like actually there were a lot of moments throughout the movie of Luis where i was like this dude's fun like this is like a funny guy like and they wrote him very well yeah i think that a lot a lot of it has to do with the fact that they brought in like actually funny people yeah. to like yeah. do the comedy bits and you can you can feel kind of their spin on the comedy versus other comedic characters they will be like very generic like haha the quirky character comedy and it just it always falls flat right and i also think to that point too like they'll sort of have like you know a regular actor like delivering the funny line or what so it's like and so and so and so i think like i, I like i agree with like what you say where it's like it's one thing for someone who like really like works within comedy and kind of understands what's funny and what isn't and how to make it funny than it is to just tell some random guy to like say a funny thing you yeah. know because like one yeah. of them is just infinitely more entertaining i also feel like paul rudd doesn't pull the focus away from the other characters when yeah. he's in the room like it feels like all of them are sharing in those moments where like you get Captain America or Iron Man and they're standing in a group of people. It's like 
it's never not focused around one of them. Yeah, right? for sure. But like in this, like Scott, Paul Rudd as a character was just hanging out with the rest of them. And there wasn't any specific focuses pulled on him every single time he was in the room. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. it's like they, they, they bounce off each other nicely. Like in yeah. the first, in the first like van scene, even when like Luis is like, because like, because Ant-Man Paul Rudd is like, Hey, how you been, man? And he's like, it's like, how's your, how's your, how's your girl? And then he's like, Oh, she left me. And he's like, Oh, it's like, and and my mom and died. My mom died. It's like oh, it's like and my dad got deported. He's like oh, it's like it's like that was like that was funny. That was like legitimately yeah. like I was like that's very funny. That's a funny scene. Yeah, they didn't hold back in jokes, and they didn't hold back in kind of some parts of the kind of gruesome deaths in this totally. either. Um, Which without, I also like, really appreciated, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, some of the when they're just like shrinking people into like pink goo, I was like, that fucking owns. That was so tight. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like they can kind of go off the rails a little bit without it being people getting shot up by guns with blood everywhere. It was just like situations of like even when it wasn't just the goo, it was like uh, you know when Yellow Jacket like starts to like combust into himself and yeah. his oh, arms yeah. are like bending in wrong directions and right. shit his as he like getting implodes. like bigger and smaller like yeah yeah, yeah it's cool yeah. it's like it's like it's like body horror which is tight yeah. I like I like a little body horror yeah exactly so I thought it was uh, yeah that was great and uh, we really saw Louise shine like right out the gate yes. uh, which again was like another thing to just show like they weren't just focused on making sure Paul Rudd looked good as right. Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. They really allowed the other characters to 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 shine as well. Uh but now uh Scott's going to have to get a job as an ex convict and he's going uh to Baskin Robbins. Right, which uh, also <laughs> might I add, generally this is the point where I would say, "Oh my god, this gratuitous product placement. What the fuck? This totally took me out." Not the case, because we get another example of this was really fun. This was actually funny. I like <laughs> it's like this whole thing, this whole string of events. This was done quite well, sort of the absurdity of the entire thing. And I don't know who it was that was like playing the manager, but that guy did it like perfectly. <laughs> like and like yeah, and like so yeah. like dude, like the manager and Paul Rudd, like in their back and forth. That was just, that was tight. That was fucking good. And uh, you know, it's like, it's like Baskin Robbins always knows. Like, that's funny. <laughs> that was, it was just funny. I liked it. Yeah. But he did get a uh, free mango fruit blast out of it. Yep. So right. and even then, and he's like, you can have a mango fruit blast on the way out. And he's like, Ugh. and then the next scene is like him walking down the street, drinking <laughs> the mango fruit blast that he, cause he, he, yeah. he decided to take him up on the, also funny. There, you know what I mean? Like, like really weird attention to detail in this movie um stuff like that where like he talks about the mango fruit blast and then the next scene he's actually drinking it there's there's like one seed that i don't know how like intentional this was but um after scott gets picked up by luis from the prison um luis is like oh yeah i'm the only one who ever knocked out peachy or whatever and then like later on they kind of pay it off by luis just like knocking out a bunch of security guards in like one punch yeah no, yeah, yeah totally. there's a lot of weird, like, really detailed things like that in this movie, which is kind of weird because the whole, like, concept of Ant-Man's powers, not very well thought out. And the no. way they use it, <laughs> it, it's not, cohere like, cohesive at all. 
but no there's a lot there's a lot of like okay so it's like the power comes from the suit not the guy but then it like requires like the pim particles but but it, which are which are which are these like which are these like uh it's it's this like red goo yeah it looks like so fluid, like obviously so what kind of particle yeah right and so about? it's like is right and so it's like is it going into him or is it like is 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 the suit itself shrinking but also he can like make himself bigger but only bigger to like normal human proportions which i'm assuming that must change later at some point but then also the regulator prevents him going bigger okay but then also it's like where are they manufacturing this goo does the dude just have like goo stockpile like we like we never really see that like Mm -hmm. but again like normally this is the shit that i would be like you know what i can't i can't even watch this movie anymore i'm too but despite all of that uh you know uh uh, i was like you know i can get past that because i like the rest of the thing but just to john's point i'm like yeah totally there's a lot of like me not understanding how the fuck this is actually happening uh in this is it better or worse that they don't dwell on the specifics of pim particles and how they work and how the suit does oh, it see I, I think that they dwell on it too much because really i was just about to go into this whole thing like cuz we're pretty close to the part in the in the story already where um hank pim goes to like pim headquarters or whatever it's called pim technologies technologies and the the bald guy evil jeff darren cross um yeah like i mean evil but jeff bezos kind of kind of redundant but regular (laughs) (laughs) he's like giving a a presentation on this like pim particle thing and he or cross particle pim particle that he developed and he's like, this particle can change the distance between atoms while increasing density and strength. And I'm like, wait, so, y- so like, you guys performed how to, y- you guys figured out how to perform alchemy, right? Because like, if you, <laughs> if you increase the density of an atom, it becomes a different atom, right? You're just changing matter. You're changing elements. So like Ooh, that, that so it's it like, sounds okay, hold on. So it's a classic Marvel ship of Theseus uh, <laughs> uh, scenario uh, where every single time he shrinks and then comes back, yeah, his, like... ad- <laughs> his atomic composition is different. So is it the same Paul Rudd at the end of the movie? Yeah, it, maybe, maybe that's it's... how he's eighty-five. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I don't know. I thought like you could have literally just said. The particle lets you change the distance between atoms, but for some reason, when he said while increasing density and strength, I was like, nope, I'm out, dude. That's, but that's is the he, line. Is he saying that he's increasing the density and strength of the atoms or that the method of taking the atoms down while keeping the human the same increases his strength based on the size that he is? Um, There's no indication to that being true um but you know it also even if he did mean that it's not always true because there are like so many parts in the movie where they shrink down and then you can see that like oh if they like if they fall from a high place they'll like crack the ground because they're so heavy but then other times someone will like blow on them and they'll fly away 
Yeah. Like a speck of yeah, dust. Yeah, it is. It is. So it is like, pretty mm. inconsistent. And my, okay, I was going to save this part for a little later, but as long as we're on some inconsistency things that popped out to me, another thing that I found really inconsistent is, like, the the movement of Ant-Man doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever because it's, like, in order to cut, like, I could maybe sort of get that it's, like, he's, like, jumping around and, like, whatever, and he's, like, able to do that to, like, some degree of normal human proportion, even though he's small. But there's a lot of scenes where he's specifically, like, riding on the back of, like, a flying ant, and it's, like, you wouldn't be able to catch a helicopter. Like, you, like it's, like, you just wouldn't be able to do that on the back of an ant. Like, it's, like... And it never shows the in-between of him getting places, really. It's like, you'll see the start of him headed somewhere, and then they just sort of skip over the middle, and then he's just there. Because, like, it doesn't proportionally make sense. Like, yeah. the way he moves throughout the entire movie it doesn't make any sense at all. Um but goddamn, if I don't like Paul Rudd. So again, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. I mean, I'm fine with all it. This I'm just to say, saying. All this to yeah. say is that we like we can literally just have our hangups about it now, and then never talk about it again. Sure. But that is just like the hugest. This is my like. How does Captain America open the two ton locked right. steel bearing door? This is this the oh, entire God. Movie. So yeah. But the movie is good enough in almost every other regard that I can just get over it. And I, I like, I also think too, may, and maybe part of the reason why it's like easier for me to get over it in a movie like this, than it is in a movie like a uh, captain America or like an Iron Man or whatever, is that Ant-Man is inherently silly. Like it's goofy on per, and it like, and it doesn't shy away from being goofy. Like yeah. it still manages to have like, you know, it like it hits its dramatic beats when it needs to. It still sort of has a cohesive story that like takes itself seriously when it needs to take itself seriously. But the moments where it can just like, pop up sort of the absurdity of this character it really focuses on it like it doesn't shy away from how just patently absurd this shrinking guy that controls ants is it like it <laughs> leans into it really hard and yeah. i think that that's also part of the reason why it's easier for me to overlook stuff like this in the like in a movie like this because you're not supposed to like be taking it that seriously like right. it's yeah. silly on its surface whereas like when you're trying to sell me a captain america or you're trying to sell me a hawkeye or whatever it's like these are characters that are meant to be taken seriously so when goofy shit is happening it almost stands in stark contrast oh, to the seriousness there. of the character whereas with ant-man when goofy shit's happening like it's it's fucking ant-man so it's allowed to be yeah. goofy you know well and i think it, it's good because they made the right choice here meaning that in the comics and even in some of like the cartoons and stuff like that uh hank pym is generally the one who has been with the Avengers, right? Like he's the one again in earlier comics and some of the shows and all that, that he's the one who invented Ultron. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned that when we were talking about age of Ultron last episode, um, but they decided instead for this movie, instead of it being a Hank Pym story, inventing the particles, becoming part of the Avengers, like they could have, you know, put him further up in the timeline and all that. 
they made a really good move here to like establish Hang Pym as the past and like put all that science and all the the war fighting and all that stuff in the past and then now just bring in Scott Lang to take over as he does, you know, normally, but uh again, normally isn't a part of the regular first Avengers crew like this. So yeah, it was a really good choice. Although I will say air horns, please. Here we go. Whoa, another small nitpick. Uh, as long as we're uh, uh, saying, hey, you know what? Uh, just because I like a movie doesn't mean that it doesn't get by unscathed. It doesn't miss the, uh, sure, uh, of course. the Christian sniper scope, as it were. Um, yep. The justification for Hank Pym no longer being Ant-Man was like the flimsiest shit ever. And then we all just sort of like brush past it where uh, because it's like at a certain point, uh, Paul Rudd is like, hey, Hank, couldn't you just do this? And he's like, no. And then they're like, okay. And then the movie just continues. Not really, though. He is super old, and he yeah. mentions that using the suit for a long time and fighting criminals and wars that he's like destroyed after that to an yeah. extent that it doesn't make sense yeah, for him not, to be that person you know like and that like because it like it like if he was walking around with like a cane you know or we saw mm. like vi visible signs of distress i'd like i'd be more but i mean the motherfucker gets shot at like point blank range and never loses consciousness and then summons a tank <laughs> later like he's like he's he seems fine well it doesn't take energy for him to summon a tank well, yeah but by I'm the just, way I'm it's not like saying. he's it should, it. it should though i mean yeah he's, no, like, he's no. like he's like he's like he's like an old man that gets shot point blank in the chest and he's like bleeding out and then he's just like ah but you know it's not that big a deal really you know and so it's like he se like he seems good. I did like mm -hmm. I just didn't totally like buy their explanation. Well, you know? but for all the fight scenes that Scott does uh -huh. in the whole lead up to him trying to steal the yellow jacket suit, you just think like Hank could have done that. Now, if it was just him literally showing up, going to the vent, dropping down and trying to get it, right. Agreed. But there were also like a well, ton yeah, of fight also, scenes and acrobatics and going through the water main, by the way. Yeah, but like, there's also like there's also like two distinctive moments where Hank punches someone in the head and like, you know, just, just completely rocks their world. Yeah. So he obviously still can uh, do that. And beyond that, uh, back to John's point from earlier, it increases strength and density. So, like, so you don't know. Maybe he But that doesn't increase know? acrobatics. They didn't say anything about yeah, that. I suppose so. they didn't specifically <laughs> say that it increases yes. acrobatics. Yeah, actually, decreasing yeah, the distance between atoms <laughs> makes you less flexible. Yeah. yeah, so they had to get someone like Scott who was able to jump fences without right. a suit. Yeah, he's, you know? yeah, he's the fruit sure. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is the fruit guy, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, so we meet real Jeff Bezos, and then uh, he plays an ad about the yellow jacket. This is where we find out that he immediately is gonna sell it, not waiting a second to finish even the product itself. He's ready to sell that off, and he is uh actually psycho. Yeah, uh, this guy is completely not only obsessed with Ant Man but obsessed with Hank. And also uh, left him by the curb. 
I will say another thing that unfortunately I really didn't like about this movie was uh, some of the one-liners fell very flat to me. There were like some moments where some of the characters get a little thing. And here, uh, sort of right before this presentation starts, we see Hank uh, meeting up with his old nemesis from 1989. And he uh, yep. sort of smirks at <laughs> Hank and says, hey, Hank, How, how's, your how's, how's, how's retirement going for you? To which Hank replies, how's retirement? How's your face? And it's like, <laughs> that was really fucking stupid. Like, that didn't need to be there. It, you know, and it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like he punched him in the head 25 years ago, you know, so it's so it's not even like a good it's like, you know, he's had two and a half decades to recover from that. You know, if it was like the next day and he had a black eye and it's like, how's your face? You know, like that would have made a little sense. But this I was just like, they just threw this weird line in here and I didn't like it. Well, it is a Marvel movie. It so is you got to yeah, yeah, give it a few. This movie could be so good. If it wasn't in the MCU. Oh my god. Like, this would be oh a fantastic god. movie if it was not the MCU, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know about that. Um <laughs> but we do uh here for the first time see um uh not only Scott's ex-wife, uh their new stepdad, and then his daughter, Cassie. Um, which I know we've talked about children in these movies or movies Dude, Cassie, in general Cassie before. Cassie sick. I like Cassie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what, that's what I thought too. But I was curious to hear, cause I know that you, uh, very much hate children. Yeah, Wait, I, the I daughter, the, 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 the Cassie, child actor? Yeah, the daughter. Dude, that's yeah. crazy. I'm going to have to actually do a little flip and play John for the podcast right now. <laughs> uh -oh. Normally the child actors don't bother me that much. I fucking hated this child <laughs> actor. I don't even, really? I don't even, yeah. Yeah, normally when John's like, oh, this fucking child actor, I'm kind of <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe it's like, I guess I sort of say, for whatever reason, dude, not not a fan. At this point, it was fine. I think it's kind of like more so later when the stakes get higher and the scenes become a bit more dramatic, you know, and then it's like, and then her lines are basically just her going like, yeah! Like it was yeah. just like I was fucking no, like see, not about see, this that. Is, this is why this is why child actors suck is because you sure. give them like any actual acting that they have to do and they can't do it, right? Right. So like when I say that Cassie is sick, I'm like at the beginning of the movie where she's playing the character of a kid, she's good, right? Mm. Because she just has sure. to be go up there, be weird and like happy. Like that's her yeah. role, yeah. And that's all kids do anyway. So it's just like her being a kid, her delivering like a very easy line, being happy and then walking out of the screen. But when right. you give her actual acting to do, that's where it's like, uh, it's a kid actor again. Yeah, it's 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 for sure a child actor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I I guess I didn't really pay much attention to her. Also, performance. can I, I say to you, she was uh, good. Uh, cop stepdad. Yeah. Uh, acted well. I gotta say, whoever that actor was, wow, I actually wow. thought he did a good job. Uh, written horribly. I thought that that character's motivations like made zero sense to me. And, yeah, it did. And and, and and they begin to get worse as the movie goes on until the end of the movie when it's like 
what even is that character? Like, it's like yeah. the motivations keep flipping around until the end where it's like, what the fuck do you, is this even a person anymore? <laughs> you know? No, I'll agree. Like that was probably, as I watched this and finished it, I was like the character that was forgotten the most was that character, the yeah, stepdad. Totally. Like, they, it's like they forgot to write in all of his lines and story, and then, like, they got to the end, we're like, oh, we should probably add some lines to this guy. Right, You yeah. know, like, it just, it all felt, it didn't feel um, impactful. Like, when he finds out that Paul Rudd is Ant-Man, right? Like, he, he just kind of goes, oh, uh, yeah, I support you now. Right, like, totally. It, it, yeah. There was no build up to that relationship. It was just very throwaway. No, he like he like and 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 even and I know we're kind of skipping ahead to the end of the movie a little bit, but yeah. as long as we're, but as long as we're on the character, I think that like it was jarring because it's like he just had him in the back of a cop car handcuffed and was like fuck you you're never gonna see your daughter again you scumbag yeah. piece of fucking trash I fucking hate you yeah, that's you know verbatim. and then. Right, and yeah. then he, like, escapes custody and yep. then breaks into, like, a home and and does more sort of wanton destruction. If anything, you'd be like, after that, you'd be like, well, here's more of a justification to keep you away from yeah, your daughter. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, you surely cannot be trusted and also, like, look at the damage that you've caused. But then it's just all of them, like, sitting around eating dinner. And he's just like, you know what? I actually rescind every opinion I've ever had about you. And, in fact, the cops asked me where you were and I told them i didn't know so now i'm also aiding and abetting a fugitive but we're pals now yeah. here's your daughter you know and it was just kind of like what the f like why like why <laughs> they could have done that yeah. better i also thought the same because both of them had the ability to shrink and grow so yeah. how do you know like what the relationship there right. is in the moment how do you even know that uh ant-man is the is the good guy yeah right like how do you know that yellow jacket isn't helping the police capture someone who's escaped from custody. Sure, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, making it up. But it just, there's nothing in those moments where he realizes 100%, like, maybe when he's near Cassie or, like, has Cassie and then he takes Cassie away. But it's just like, I don't know. There wasn't anything super clear in that moment that would make you go, oh, now the stepdad knows. Like, right. this is why Scott's such a good guy. You yeah, know? totally. No, again, I mean, like, literally, the only relationship he ever had with uh, Ant-Man is just being like, oh, this guy's like a miscreant who keeps secrets and can't be trusted and has these, like, shady side deals that he's, like, not willing to tell anyone about, so I can't, you know, whatever. And then he's proven correct like the like yeah. <laughs> the only theme in the movie is that he's proven right about that over and over it's just the last time his brain snaps in half for some reason and it doesn't bother him this time you know yeah no it's true um well getting back to the actual uh part of the story here this is the first uh well okay 
Darren shrinks the guy terribly. We see the first goo blob. Yeah, which fucking owned. Uh, Dude, that was such a cool scene when he's, like, in the bathroom and he's talking to him and he, like, puts out his hand and the guy, like, puts the paper towel in his hand and then he shrinks him and then he uses the paper towel to, like, wipe him off the ground. That was fucking tight, dude. That was sick. I liked that. That was really cool. Yeah, it was, was, again, like a moment where they were able to kind of play around with the, the rating of the movie while still making it like cool right you know which i I really enjoyed that that was that was pretty cool uh and so uh scott's back he's in he wants to go do whatever this and can can i say at this point really quick yeah a trope that i absolutely hate in movies that like every movie kind of does is that like he gets back to his apartment and all of his boys are hanging out and they're playing video games and like the dude holding the controller is just like whipping the controller around the room as he plays the game. And that's present in like every movie. And it's like dumb because I'm like, maybe I sort of get it if it's like the early 2000s and video games are this like niche subculture and no one's ever heard of them before. So you could plausibly sell that to an audience as to like what a guy would look like while do but i'm like bro it's like you know it's the year of our lord 2022 or whenever this movie came 2015 out. 20 it's the year of our lord 2015 it's like we all fucking know what a video game looks like and it doesn't look yeah. like that so could we just like notch it down a little bit please like thank you yeah do you know the worst instance of that happening huh uh you ever see the movie 40 year old virgin uh yes i actually have seen 40 year old virgin and steve carell is in his gamer chair that has joysticks on the (laughs) armrest and he's playing tony hawk's pro skater (laughs) and he is in his fucking chair like awesome turning back and forth moving these joysticks in place while his character is just like skateboarding yeah fuck yeah uh and and that's pretty widely known as one of the worst implementations they, of they video already games unlocked on the like session uh skate, skate controls where he has to control with both joysticks at the same time right. yeah 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 so that was uh that reminds me of that when i hear that uh but we get the first uh louise story time where i loved these sequences here where he's telling his story and they lip sync his words to the people so So good good. so good like that like like because it happened and 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 the fact that it's like this one is so good and then they kind of call back to it at the end of the movie also like that yeah that fucking that was good that was like really good yeah because you think it's one of those things where like they're gonna do it once it's gonna be really good and then they're gonna overdo it and like do it like two or three more times and it's not gonna be as good as the first time but i felt like the one they ended the movie with was just as good because i feel like they added some interesting storyline to it and then also put falcon in it right so uh yeah i i loved the use of his uh storytelling i have to wonder if uh edgar wright wrote those parts in before he left the movie because it feels yeah, very that, Edgar Wright. Those are super Edgar Wrighty. Yeah, totally. Because like it's like I, I hadn't even thought of it, but almost like now that you mention it, it's like it like that's almost sort of like the intro to Shaun of the Dead a little bit. Yeah. Like I don't know if you yeah, saw yeah. Shaun of the Dead. But those like those kind of like long sequences where it's like the camera's just moving through like people just sort of doing things. That's like very Yeah, yeah like the beer's sure. filling get, up and then time skip and it's like Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's, like with like yeah, with a with a with a monologue happening over yeah, it. He's yeah, he's really for sure. good at doing those like in, interesting camera like transitions while yeah. the story's happening in the background. Really good. Totally. Yeah, and so uh Scott is is in. He takes the tip uh from from Louise from that story and uh they're going to go break into this old guy's house who's uh not going to be home for a while. And so we see some Assassin's Creed climbing up the house by uh by Scott oh, jumping into the house making his way to the basement uh finding the door to the basement which is a fingerprint scanner right. uh which leads to a very elaborate way of getting a fingerprint yeah. uh mm-hmm. fine i guess sure. uh, i i, I, I was, mean it makes sense like okay sure <laughs> that you do do you I guess when I was watching it I was like do I place my thumb on my door handle when I open it like so clearly that you could pull a fingerprint off of it I don't think so but uh it was fine I guess I I learned how to pull a fingerprint He's like he's like a master burglar so you know he probably sure, would have sure. like like he would have gone to the door and if the thumbprint hadn't been clear enough there then he would have had to look elsewhere yeah. but fortunately for him that's where he found the thumbprint I love that you're the one defending this by the way Yeah it's a good movie a good I like movie. it bro. This, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is wild <laughs> This is wild to me Um yeah I thought it was a little bit ridiculous, personally. Really? This is the like, part I where I was uh, like, you know, all the things that he's doing, kind of, like, it doesn't feel almost quite believable, but it is also almost quite believable, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> it's, it's believable within the realm yeah. of the movie. Also, like, you, you can't take in. fingerprints like that. Like, that is real. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why you have a problem with it, Dan. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that he was did, able to find all the things in the house that he needed to do it like so quickly and then had all the tools and then turned the burner on and like did all of that within manner of, you know, a minute and yeah. a half. I don't know. Like, uh, but, you know, I found what was really reasonable is him shrinking and then growing. I thought that that was really realistic. No, see, so, for me, know. dude, the part that I found unreasonable was him blowing up the safe with the nitrogen. That was that was the moment to me where I was just kind of like, who the fuck just has, like, nitrogen lying around? You know, it's like, he's that a, was a like... burglar, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that was like... <clears throat> but it's like... But the thing is, like, he goes down, he doesn't know that the safe is there... So he's like wasn't prepared for the safe being what it was, but then he instantly knows that he needs to like pop it with nitrogen, and then he just like and then and then and then fortunately enough, he just so happens to like you know have the nitrogen on hand to pop the safe open. Like that was the thing where I was like, okay, I don't fucking buy that at all. But but see, that's my same argument about the other part, except for the fact that he you know whatever he doesn't know that fingerprints are there. My point is more so like he's able to find all the right tools in that moment to like get the fingerprint off the door and it's like a perfect fingerprint to be able to get into the safe or into the basement. But okay, I think well here we I... go. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, Dan, you ready for uh yeah? Press the button. Uh, oh shit, oh, dude. God. I'm about to exodia you. You ready? I'm about, <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to hit you with the point to end all points, and you literally will not be able to argue against this point. You ready for it? Yeah. Hank Pym set up the thing for Ant-Man to break in and steal the suit. Therefore, 
he had already cleverly put all this shit out, knowing that this was the way that Ant-Man was going to be able to get into the safe. It was all a thing orchestrated by Hank, and we know it was all a thing orchestrated by Hank, so he intentionally left all the tools out to make this easy. Counter, counterpoint. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> a little late, but it's coming in. Okay. Counter, counterpoint. He also later says to Scott that he was impressed by his ability to get into the safe and didn't expect him to do that. So I don't, I don't I, think I don't that think, he wait, was, he, he, I don't, don't think, think he left really the nitrogen. I don't think he left the nitrogen in place specifically because he's like, well, Scott can use this to get in. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The, well, the nitrogen's silly. We're not talking about it. the nitrogen. I agree. Nitrogen. I'm like, I don't fucking buy it. I'm saying like the thumbprint scanner thing, like Hank Pym, he's like a genius kind of character, mm. you know? So I'm sort of like, he'd know, like he would also be able to do a similar thing in that scenario to get past like the thumbprint scanner. So I'm saying that he left little breadcrumbs around his house, knowing Man. that Paul Rudd was going to be able to. This As is how I sound, huh? This, this is, is how it? you yep. sound. This is, this is how you sound. literally how you sound every episode, dude. This is how I sound when I make headcanon, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, are you going to go hang wow. yourself when this podcast is over? This is this is unreal, the view <laughs> that I'm getting on this. You know, honestly, if there was any way to end Phase 2 for us, this right. is the way to do it. Because, by the way, this is the last movie of Phase 2, in there case we didn't too. mention it yet. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, what a finale to Phase 2 this oh, is. Oh, yes. Um, which, you know what, by the way, just to mention it, when we were talking about Phase 2, and I thought that it ended with Avengers Age of Ultron, I was like, oh, that's weird that they wouldn't end it with Avengers, that it ends with Ant-Man instead. Uh, I don't remember Ant-Man sticking out as much, but now I realize, you know what? This is like a great way to get kind of the taste out of your mouth from a flying island where right. millions of people are going to die. So I, I kind of get it. It makes sense. This was a great phase two ending. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice palate cleanser. There you go. go. This is it. Uh, yeah. We should probably get through the rest of the movie now. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, all right, great. Well, he got the suit. It was Hank's house. He watched the whole thing. I don't know if you caught that, if that was going to be what had happened. But, right. you know, I guessed early on that that was going to be Hank's house the whole time. Um, and we get to see for the first time that they're moving away from uh, rats and moving to goats to try to get those uh, things to shrink. I think that was a sheep, baby, bro. Little baby lambs. Yeah. Was it? Yes. Yeah, oh. it's like uh, that's what that's what a sheep looks yeah, like. Boy. It also explains the reason it was going. It's like the sound well, sheep I didn't make. catch that part. <laughs> I thought it was making. No, it was not. It was goat, not. It was not. It was sound. not making goat sounds. It was. Uh, uh, How a goat sound? Definitely a sheep. How does a goat sound? Like, kind of, you know? Yeah, just pitched up. Right. Like, as opposed to a sheep, which is more like, you know? Yeah, that's true. Interesting. It's a fine distinction. Yeah, you wouldn't get it. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you didn't, so. Well, yeah, so they're destroying sheep goats. Uh, and you could tell in this moment that Hope is uh, not fully on board because apparently uh, sheep are more important than rats. Uh, yeah, which also I thought and that's was the line. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought that was kind of dumb too. Where you know they're just it's just kind of like 
all right, we're already doing all of these unethical experiments and it's like, I'm completely on board until it's like a sheep because that's cute or whatever. So yeah. now, so now you've, you've gone too far this time, you know? Yeah, that was, that was the line. Um, and so, uh, now we get our first shrinking scene with Scott, uh, where he's in the, uh, bathtub putting on the suit and then accidentally shrinks. And this is where we realize that, uh, Hank has, uh, been watching and controlling everything the whole time yep. as he speaks up in the suit. Uh, and this is where we first get our view of like, uh, the CGI work in this movie. Mm -hmm. And as he gets, uh, pushed down. Uh, well, pushed down the waterway and then kicked out and you see him kind of flying and then landing on the ground. The glass breaks. I get the density yeah, thing. The okay, density we don't need thing. to go back into that <laughs> the again. The density thing. <laughs> um, yeah. The Loki's rod of Ant-Man. Yeah, the Loki's rod. The pin particles. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pin particles, uh, which are not an infinity stone. Okay, I can tell you the pin particles are not an infinity stone. Ooh, thank God. Uh, mm -hmm. I know. Uh and so we see him like fall through the cracks on the floor. And then he's like in a club uh, where he's on a record, which was pretty cool. Like I like yeah. the detail of him on the record and hanging on to like the lines bridges, of yeah. The, yeah, the grooves. Yeah. Dude, I thought seriously, that was really cool. This whole thing was so fucking awesome. Like I, like I would like, I love, like loved this part. Like this is like probably like, the peak of every Marvel movie up till this point was like the scene of him falling through the various areas for the first time. Like that shit was tight. Cause it's like yeah. visually interesting. Also showing his sort of sheer panic and terror at like, you know, now this like this new like power and they did it in this way where it's like every place he goes is visually very different from every other place and yet also instantly recognizable to you, the yeah. viewer. So it's like this cool artistic thing where you can like relate to every single environment, but then it's like making these environments that we all are familiar with, like very hazardous to him in this moment and sort of showing what the hazards would be. Like when he gets like sucked up by the vacuum cleaner, I was like, yeah. fuck dude, like that's crazy. You know, like that's <laughs> cool dude, yeah. Yeah, cause they really could have done this one of two ways, right? They did it this way. They could have done the thing where it's like, they shrink him down and he sees an ant for the first time and it's all very magical and he's like in the grass and the sunlight's coming through. Right. And there's like and there's like and there's know. like some music happening where it's like yeah. you know, and and, 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 and and he like sees the ant and then the ant like nods at him and then he slowly gets on its back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So right. I yeah, I I like the just it never stopped through this yeah. moment until he lands on that car and turns big again. But right. it was just a constant, like, no breaks for him as he was going through these different environments. Right, and even him landing on the car, like, was a funny note to end on because it's like the yeah. little, like, ding! on the top and then the guy in the car is like what the fuck like and then he like gets big and he's like ah oh, like even that that was like that was like there was a humorous moment that was funny that was like yeah. that, that was done well and even when when yep. it comes to like the the cg implications like the technical aspect of making all those shots it's just like it's actually incredible how good it looks because on yeah. one hand mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's all cg or whatever but at the same time they had to get him they had to like put him on a, a green screen or something and then shrink him down, but then they had to, like, fuck with the focal length of the camera, and then they had to CG replace, like, all the environments, because he's not actually stepping on any of the stuff he's stepping on, 
because he's just like, like a shrunken down dude. But like a lot of the movements you can tell are like based on him actually acting in a suit yeah. and stepping over like real like gr- green screen terrain. And yeah. then them just having to like manipulate between his real actions and probably like a CG d- double between like where it would be, uh, you know, too much work to do realistically. Sure. But just like the way they blend everything is is insane. Yeah, and I also think too, I mean, you know, for the CGI in this movie, like to be fair, it's like it's definitely CGI. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you're not you're not you're not sure. watching it and like, you know, falling into the magic so much that you're like, oh my God, this is unmistakable from reality. This is the, you know, the the craziest thing I've ever seen or whatever. But I will point out that like for the amount of CGI that lot. it took, there, like and 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 for the amount that it took to make it work, it's like we've seen shittier CGI <laughs> for way simpler things yeah. like in the Marvel yeah. universe up till this point and it's like there like there was no like, like, like Guardians of the Galaxy when, you know, I, like, like when there's like a slow motion jump that Star-Lord's doing and the CGI was just glaringly bad or like during like Thor Dark World where it's like, there's like one of the scenes of like the ether like spinning around and it just looks like shit. There was no moment like that in Ant-Man yeah. where there was like this one CGI scene that stood out as like really awkward or not good or what. I mean, maybe truly that scene was the aged up face of the girl in the beginning of the movie like and then but like and then beyond that it was like it was all serviceable it all just did its job really well yeah no i agree for sure you have to do with cg is is make it tell the story without pulling the audience away from the story and it totally it it just like hit the line perfectly yeah i agree yeah i i honestly think ant-man is uh a showcase of when you put all the best people and resources on a movie mm-hmm. like they uh, from the writing to the cg to the story to like the actors that were put in place and the comedy and all of it they just they didn't like go cheap on any part of this it feels like yeah no a- absolutely and also you know during this thing too i want to say i know we're dwelling on this part a lot but i really liked it like like the rat when he like when he sort of like comes yeah. face to face with the like that was fucking awesome that was just cool it's like it's like it's like and again and like and i almost like skipped over it in because there's so much cool shit happening in this like tiny little time and like and the cool thing about the rat too is that it's like it's just like another like flash uh, like yeah. amidst all these other things that like it's not like this thing where it's like okay now he has to do battle with this ra- and it's like this is like a mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's just another thing that happens it's like yeah. so many things happen right here and it, it, it's really cool yeah because you could you could totally like think about in a quote-unquote normal movie what they would do is like he would encounter the rat and it would cause a 10-minute scene of him like going back and forth with this rat and like hiding from it and then he uses the mousetrap to set the rat up and like all this other stuff and they didn't dwell on any of those moments no and this is like literally like sees the rat he's like fuck he just jumps on the mousetrap he's like 
phew, he's just gone. And it's like, it's like, it's like 15 seconds of like this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. And then uh, after this, actually, uh, another thing that you guys uh, uh, might have missed, um, but uh -oh. uh, we get a, uh, a cameo appearance uh, from Avon Barksdale uh, from The Wire. Uh, the uh right. so uh yeah yeah of definitely. course yeah. i knew the right so yeah. now so now i'm like so now i'm just saying we have uh uh, uh idris elba who plays stringer bell mm -hmm. and then the other guy whose name i don't remember uh but he's avon barksdale who's like the second like big main lead in the wire Wait, is, and is he's, idris elba uh, the guy who plays knuckles uh idris elba <laughs> also the guy who oh, plays okay knuckles, yeah, yeah i know who that guy is right yeah <laughs> for sure no but you know him by knuckles yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah but no nah, he's the he's the he's like the black guy who's the um like the uh, uh buddy cop dude to the stepdad oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah no i know who you're talking about yep, yeah got yeah. it yeah, so yeah. yeah, I just I just I just thought it was interesting. So now uh the MCU is officially canon to the wire universe because we have like the two main guys yeah, right. from the wire in various roles in the MCU. Uh you know that Idris Elba was also in the office. Uh, I do know he was also in the office, yeah. Uh don't worry about it, John. Uh, you wouldn't understand the comedy in the no, office, probably, so I probably, probably wouldn't, wouldn't suggest watching it. Right. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, Scott decides that he's going to go and unsteal the suit and put it back. He is fully done trying to be uh, a person who can shrink down to that size anymore. Uh, and he's that's when he gets caught by the cops. being a person that can shrink down to that size anymore. <laughs> well, because he's not Ant-Man yet. What a he doesn't know that he's Ant-Man. <laughs> He's just, he's, he's just he's fully just, done with it. He's giving up that oh, part of This himself. podcast episode is a fucking episode from the Twilight Zone. As far That's as shrinking say. down to that size anymore, yeah, fully done with it. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Hank's going to meet him in person now. To tell him he should be a guy that enjoys shrinking down to that size uh, more often than he right. uh, has already done it. Uh, that's what he specifically says to him. Right. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> we do see the first instance of the ant control too. Yeah, uh, over the for camera. sure. Yeah, when he has to like sort of step out with the bullet ants on the ground. No, no, no. In the uh, interrogation, yeah, interrogation room. room. Where it's oh, covering up the camera. That, that, right, that yeah. shit, dude, all the ants just gross me the fuck out. Like, I just. Well, yeah, dude, me too, uh, but I loved that. No, like, it's like, I thought. I like it too, but it's also yeah. just like, every single time I just get, like, crawlies on me. I know, dude, they're hmm. creepy. Like, they're gross. and I thought that that shit was cool is because they, like, they didn't, they didn't, like, it like again like it sort of adds to like the fantastical nature of the film is that the ants are just like gross as shit and like no one references it or talks about it really but they're like supposed to be it's like you the audience are supposed to be looking at the ants and just being like oh jesus christ what the fuck but it's just like everybody just acts like it's completely normal the entire time and no one really says anything about it and i liked that it like kind of added to the mystique of the entire thing yeah you know what it did too it also made me think like are ants really just always there ready to like 
come out and uh, and bother yep. you and it's like yeah they kind <laughs> yeah, of they kind are, of are. <laughs> when you so like when later on when he's in the car with hope learning how to like control the the ants oh, and dude. the ants just like come out of the car vents yeah. uh onto the fucking dashboard i, also, I was I like also, I, I gotta say another another dan line i really enjoy the idea that ants are always there ready to come out and bother you <laughs> <laughs> We're not we're not airing this episode. It's not going no, out. Not I'm it. just letting you know right now. Um, Dude, yeah. At some point, the the movie stops being a comedy movie and starts being a horror movie to me because oh like, for sure, holy shit! Just the thought of ants being able to come at you from anywhere. <laughs> it's just I know. Well, that well, that's kind of like the like you don't even really need the Ant Man suit. You just need that ant need controller thing, yeah. and then it's like you can yeah. like rule the world with that, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, people like John staying home all the time. He does not want to go out into the world of ants. No. Right? He does, yeah, yeah. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> they could be anywhere. <laughs> oh shit! Well, Hank breaks. Scott out of prison. Yep. I mean, that's the that's well, what happens the funny here. Thing and, is is that he has the ants carry the suit into the cell, yeah. and then the ants start counting down the time. It's like yeah. ten, nine, and yeah. first of all, it's like okay, if we are to believe that the ants can even keep time correctly, he put the suit on in like five seconds. What yeah, for fuck, sure. Dude. Yeah, that there's two moments like that in this movie. One is that where he puts on the suit extremely fast, and the second is when Yellow Jacket puts on his suit in the helicopter. That too. Yeah, he right? just like appears it was... with the suit on. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those moments I definitely noticed that as well. Um and so uh uh, uh Scott falls off the ant, passes out, and wakes up inside of Hank's house again with Hope uh standing over the bed, uh, and there are ants all over the floor and you could say uh, that he's a little bothered by them yeah just a little <laughs> yeah they're just ready to get him man yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah th they were all just there just ready to come out and bother him <laughs> <laughs> oh man where do we go from here you know Fuck, i don't know yeah. uh well, Hank's going to describe uh, the pin particles to Scott, give him more of a background, and also try to play into his uh, more emotional side by saying, this is a way to redeem yourself and right? yeah. be better in the eyes of yeah, your daughter. He also, says, He says, this is your chance to become the hero she already thinks you are, which is a callback right. to what his ex-wife told him about his daughter, like verbatim, which is another detail that is just like very consistent in this movie because he had been watching scott so it makes yeah. sense that he would know the line it's kind of crazy how much though he was watching scott because <laughs> as we go through this movie he provides a crazy amount of detail about scott's life and knowing all of his crew already right like mm -hmm. knowing the people who broke in and all their personalities and the fact he wouldn't want to work with them and what his ex-wife has said and like what the stepdad is and info about cassie did you guys by the way did you guys ever watch arrested development yeah no. a little bit yeah word well his ex-wife is uh yeah, one of Judy the main Greer. 
She's yeah, amazing. Judy, yeah. Judy, Judy Greer. Yeah, she gets like she gets like the botched boob job in Arrested Development, flashes <laughs> everyone, and that's like the first uh, uh, instance I ever saw her. So anytime she pops up anywhere else, I'm just like, I just that's uh, that, that like that <laughs> role was cemented in my head. Yeah. Well, uh, in between uh, this talking between Hank and Scott, we do see a quick moment where uh, Darren fucking shrinks the goat. It's over, people. This he is it. it. He has he successfully also, shrank sheep, the goat. But that's okay. I keep saying goat because right. my notes say goat. Right, but it's <laughs> so, a but it's a sheep. <laughs> uh, let me just do a quick search and replace <laughs> in my document real we quick. Could, we could say that you're the goat of misconstruing sheep Ooh. for goats. We could say I really, that. I really don't like. We could also say that out of shit. all of the things that we've learned in this podcast, we've also learned that Dan cannot differentiate between sheep's and goats. That's a pretty interesting uh, <laughs> personality fact. Look, I'm just saying, regardless of which one was on the table, I would have gooed either one of them. Okay. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because whether or not it's a sheep or a goat, Dan's gonna goo it. <laughs> Uh, is this episode over yet? I'm just curious. Okay, here we go. Um, Hank is not a fan of Tony Stark after Scott suggests that they should just hand over the suit to the Avengers. Right. Uh, and that's because he didn't like Howard Stark either, who also wanted to utilize his uh, technology as part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and Hank wasn't going for that. And Tony isn't necessarily any better than Howard is. Uh, so they're not going to do that. And they're too busy dropping cities out of the sky which gives us our clear uh, timeline link here to Age of Ultron, which yep. clearly had just happened uh, right before this. Hank, out of nowhere, kind of yells at Hope super loud and then gives this really, like, Captain America-style speech of, like, uh, you know, trying to get them ready for what's coming next. And I just love that Scott breaks the tension in this moment. I think that's the thing, is they don't ever hold on to these serious moments for too long without one of the comedic relief characters or just someone breaking the tension yeah. in that moment. And the comedic uh, relief's like good too. So it's yeah, like, so and it, it's good. So, so it actually, yeah, because he like, when he ends the speech, you know, then Paul Rudd is just like, wow, that was a fantastic speech. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah it was good. I like, I will say back to my one liner gripes. We get, we get, we get a classic shitty one liner here that I thought was pretty lame. Um, where uh, Paul Rudd is like, all right, you know what? I think you're right. You've convinced me. I will help you. My days of breaking into places and stealing <laughs> shit are behind me. What do you want me to do? And then Hank Pym's like, I want you to break into a place and steal some shit. And I was just kind of like, that's a very predictable line. I was like, as soon as Paul Rudd started delivering his line, I was already just waiting for Hank to say that because that you know whatever it just, it just kind of pulled me out of it a little bit i thought that the writing had like of the whole speech had been pretty clever up until that point and then you just ended on this like not clever at all thing and then you know yeah. whatever well this is the first uh time where we hear about uh the quantum realm uh that if ant-man goes too small that uh, he would end up going subatomic, which would put him into the quantum realm where time and space and other things just don't flow normally. And yeah. the quantum realm uh, is a huge part of the MCU as we come into phase three and even in phase four. Uh, Ant-Man gets another follow-up movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
and then gets a third one coming up here in February 2023, which is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Yep. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, the quantum realm is a really big thing uh, for the MCU. And uh, when this movie first came out, it wasn't even super clear that qu the quantum realm was going to play such a big role in phase three and phase four as we move through the rest of the MCU. So this is cool to kind of see the origin uh, of the first mention here of the quantum realm. Yeah. Well, I I also think kind of around this point, too, we start getting like more of a focus on hope. Um, and yeah. uh, I thought hope was a pretty shitty character. I'll just I'll just I'll just cop to that. Right. It, like like she's pretty just one dimensional and like there's not a whole lot there yeah. to work with. And then they also sure. do the classic marvel trope of uh like she hasn't established her fighting prowess so she has to punch someone in the face so that you know that she actually does know what she's talking about and then we get to move on which is just like a thing that these movies rely on very mm -hmm. heavily when they're trying to take a character from being like Yo, it's this woman that's just been standing around being passably attractive the entire time, but now you need to take her seriously. So she's gonna punch Paul Rudd, and now, okay, and now it's been established we can take her seriously. And here's a training montage. You know, it was just kind of yeah. like I don't, it's like, like I feel like this movie broke a lot of cliches. I guess is my point. Other than hope, which was like just marvel cliche yeah. girl like she, they, there was nothing not cliche about her character so like first of all whose idea was it to give her that bob haircut it's so bad um and second of all in that training montage there's like <laughs> and this is probably only a gripe that i would have but um there's a rock climbing wall in the back of the in the back of the gym that's like yeah. 12 feet tall it's like not inclined which is what you people typically have in their garages if they do have a climbing wall so they have like an inclined wall so it's actually difficult and trained stuff and on top of that all of the holds on the wall are like giant jugs and it's like what is this even training guys it doesn't make any sense right i, I just yeah, need you well, to go back and and look at the wall. Yeah, and, basically. Just, and, just, and just appreciate that moment. Just appreciate yeah. it because, like, someone was like, what could we possibly have them do? Oh, they need to train climbing. And then someone who didn't know anything about climbing just, like, put in a fucking wall. <laughs> and was like, this is yeah. what climbing walls look like, right? Anyway. Yeah, it's close enough. That should bother me. Um, but we do get this uh, training montage moment. We also uh, finally hear about what happened to uh, Hank's wife and uh, Hope's mom, right? So uh, finding out that there was a uh, intercontinental ballistic missile that was being shot at the United States and that uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp were going to try to take this missile down. And the only way they could do it is if they went subatomic. Hank's regulator wasn't working. And so uh, his wife ended up doing that. And uh, she got stuck in the quantum realm. If only they had a black hole, they could have pulled the missile through. Then everything right. would have been uh, just fine. Would have been great. You know, they could have. Yeah. Unfortunately, there were no black holes in the sky at that moment right. that they could uh, reroute the missile through. Um, and so he spent ten years after that 
trying to learn more about the quantum realm to bring her back. But but the only thing he learned is that we don't know anything at all about the quantum realm. Yep. Yep. And so uh, they also, through this training montage, go through what it's like to control the ants, how they do it, the sugar cubes being brought yeah. to the uh, coffee, um, and that uh, he's just not, he's kind of not able to do this. Uh, he's having a, a hard time trying to control the ants, but he does name one of the ants during this time, uh, Anthony. Anthony. Uh, Anthony. Big ups. Anthony. Yeah, he's, yeah, big ups to Anthony. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this was kind of a cool little way to get through all of the different features here. Uh, and uh, Scott also helps Hope realize, like, hey, you know, I'm not here because I'm the best person for this job. I'm here because I'm expendable. Yeah. And you're not. Uh, so just realize that that's right, which also is kind of like a dumb scene because it's like, this is obviously what is happening. And it's like, this girl is supposed to be this like, like, again, it's like, Mm -hmm. I just felt like the way that they wrote her character is that she's just sort of like ruled by emotion. She's just kind of this hysterical woman who just feels things and then, and then acts upon the way that she's feeling and like there's just not like 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 there's not not a whole lot of depth there although considering that they tease her at the end of the movie for being the wasp potentially she gets more of an arc later but here it's just kind of like she just is literally like the paul rudd side piece doesn't matter that much really yeah by the way the hair bob i looked it up is a comics thing that's what the hair style was for the comics which you can change yeah. yeah, it's like they they end up getting rid of it. By the way, right. after yeah, this movie, yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make its you've return. Ta- you've taken enough creative liberties at this point. Just like give her hair yeah, that yeah. doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, he's on his first mission. They're going to an old Stark storage facility yep. to get some device that they need right. to put in place because technology. And you know what uh, we get here, fellas? And what's that? that? We get an airplane jump. Oh, whoa. There it is. You know, uh, I, I thank you for bringing this up because, yes, airplane jump. But the other thing I was thinking was, is every time he jumps off one of the flying ants also an airplane jump? I feel like an airplane has to be like an air pl- like it's like it's like it's like a, a, a it can't just be a flying device w- see i i don't think mm. so i think it has to be an airplane as long as it's on earth and then i'll accept it as a flying device if it's somewhere like asgard because they don't have airplanes we mm-hmm. did accept helicopters in one of the movies where uh it was the jump into the helicopter sure, when the building right. was collapsing right. so I feel like we've been a little I loose feel like, on that. I feel that. like uh, th- th- this, is, this is maybe the distinction. It has to be a mechanical flying machine, not a biological mm. one. Wow, you're really discriminating against Anthony at this point. I really yeah. am, yeah. Yeah, uh, Anthony, all he ever wanted to be was a helicopter. So, yeah, well, I don't know. Didn't work out so well uh, for him in the end. <laughs> we have to start the uh, Ant Lives Matter hashtag. Oh, no. Okay, there it is. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, it's not a storage facility. It's the new Avengers campus that we saw at the end of Age of Ultron. Uh, whoops, that was a mistake. Uh, and so Scott says, no, I can do this. It's all good. No worries. But you know who shows up? The second 
best Avenger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, of course, right uh, under Hawkeye. Falcon. Yeah, right under Hawkeye and his floppy bow. And his floppy um, bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like, this didn't feel... It didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel, like, terrible for the Falcon to be there. If it was Hawkeye, it would have been, like, kind of, ugh, I don't know, like, well, Hawkeye also, showing Ant-Man up. Well, would have like, just beaten the ever-living yeah. <laughs> shit out of Hawkeye. Like, Hawkeye would have yeah. been completely defenseless as Ant-Man just, like, bashed his brains out. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, so we get a sweet uh, Ant-Man versus the Falcon fight, uh, and finally Ant-Man uh, goes into his wing pack to disable it. Yeah, which actually, uh, I mean, I kind of said this at the top, and fuck me, but God, this was cool. This is a cool scene. Like, I liked the entire thing of this. I thought it was, like, choreographed well. And I thought that, like, the whole, like, even the intro was pretty funny, where he's just like, he can't see me. And then Falcon's, like, looking at him through the visor, and he's like, I can he's see like, I you, can see you know? <laughs> and he's like, like, hey, I'm trying to save the world, you know? It sort of, like, paints him out to be, like, I, like again, just, like, goofy. Like, he's like, he's like, he, like yeah. he's a silly character, but it's fun, you know? And, um... Like, even throughout the entirety of the fight, when he's, like, punching, he's, like, going small, and then he's, like, going big again, and then going small, and then it's, like, you know, it's pretty evenly matched in a lot of ways, but then the only way that he really, like, can clear it up is by doing the thing that only he could do, which is going into Falcon's, like, you know, pack. Like, that was a fun solution to the thing, too, because he didn't just, like beat him like he didn't even really beat him he just sort of disabled his device which is something yeah. that only he could do in the way that he did it so it was it was good like like that 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 whole scene it made sense i felt like it was appropriate for the movie and it really sort of highlighted the character of ant-man while also like tying it into the larger universe while also not really distracting from the plot of the movie like it was it, it just flowed nicely so uh here's <laughs> the part where i'm gonna play the part of christian oh, yeah, for a second uh so he disables his wing pack uh, Falcon says, we can't let Cap find out about this one. Uh, and then they give up. Yeah. Like, I, he knows that Ant-Man goes into the warehouse to get the device. Steals something important. And just, there's no alarms. There's no other heroes. There's no other person talking back to him that we hear. And it's just over. Right. Like, and and then we get back to the house and uh, uh, he has the device. Sure. Like, that yeah. I did notice and I will agree with you. It was unrealistic that then he would just be like, ah, oh, damn, I guess he collected our doomsday device from our facility. Yeah. Well, better luck next time. <laughs> and then you also know? when he brings it back to Hank and Hope, they had no idea that he, that he, that he had, had it, the but they whole... were monitoring him. So it's yeah. like, but also they they had it the whole ride back home too. Right. He just oh never yeah, that too. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about how stupid I, I, that part was. <laughs> I, I I thought that that was a weird reveal in that moment in the house. It's like oh he's had it in his pocket the whole time. He got out of the suit. They flew back. They came back from the Avengers campus. They got home. They're at the table. 
and now they he realize he has driven. it. He's just yeah, he's just yeah, yeah, I, it from them. <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess he's, so. He's a he's a he's a master burglar. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> yeah. not just gonna reveal sure. every little aspect of his. You know, it's why his kid's stepfather hates him so much is because he just does shit like that. Yeah, he holds devices in his pocket. Is that a euphemism? Than... Mm-hmm. You trying to you trying to you trying to throw a euphemism you in there, to Dan? Make this R rated podcast yeah come on this is like a pg-13 on, podcast come on dude come on i don't like this podcast anymore <laughs> um <laughs> uh darren though is in the house he's there uh and he's there to invite hank to the launch of the yellow jacket tech uh and they realize that the plans are out so scott has to uh control the ants instead of hope controlling the ants even though no one sees either of them i guess right so except Scott for he controls, like does that was another he thing ends up kind seeing of like, them yeah but it's like but he couldn't have like that was like a weird thing to me where it's just sort of like it's like he didn't see them but then later in the movie he's like you know i saw you there and it's like yeah. well that you did but like what the fuck that doesn't really make sense but that's fine i guess again if I it's head cannon time well, they, like these are the things that normally yeah these are the upset me but it, it was fine it, it, that i'll just look past it if it's head cannon time uh, my headcanon would be it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that in a world where this guy is developing a formula for particles that can make you shrink that he could maybe track her cell phone and find out where she is whenever he wants to. Right, but he says, so yeah, I guess. But I mean, he also says specifically, I saw you there. Like, he wasn't yeah, like, yeah. oh, I I, I looked on my GPS. There, I knew like, you were there. Yeah, whatever. It's just, sure. like, it's just like, I saw. Like, it's like a, it's like a visual confirmation, which he never got. And the door yeah. to the kitchen was like closed because Hank has to open it in order to like go out. And then by the point that he opens it, they're already like hiding. So it's like, was he snooping around the kitchen before he made it into the study? You know, it's like, I don't know. It was just that. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> and then they realize now that security has been increased. So they're going to need a bit more help. And, uh, I think we know just the people to do the job. Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow. <laughs> there she is. Now, um, <laughs> this is when Scott's crew arrives. Um, and again, Hank already knows these guys just from his spying. So is not on board immediately. And it doesn't help when they show up and it's Luis. Yeah. <laughs> Luis is just uh real silly in this moment um but i again i loved every use of this crew it didn't feel overdone it didn't feel like too much comic relief they were just before we get too far into this i do want to say uh i have another nitpick one-liner a one-liner i did not like that happens Uh like around this moment um like just before this when uh, uh, Darren, is that the guy's name? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Yes. When he, when he's leaving the house, he uh, uh, looks at Hank and is like, why was I your protege? Out of all the people you could have picked, why did you pick oh, yeah. me? And Hank's like, I saw myself, myself. Yeah. and then he's like then why did you abandon me why did you turn your back on 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 me and our research and he's like because i saw too much of 
myself and i was just like puke dude <laughs> fuck no like get the fuck out of here that sucked um anyway yeah <laughs> yeah not a fan. I, I agree didn't like yeah, it. it it yeah, uh, I don't know why, and it seems like they gave a lot of these one-liners to Michael Douglas. Yes. Yeah. Almost like he wanted them as part of his contract to be in the movie, right? Like, he's like, you know, if I'm going to be in this, I'm going to need a few one-liners, <laughs> right? and here's Imagine my suggestions. <laughs> I need my fucking one-liners. <laughs> Please, that would be really great. Thank you. I'm an A-list actor, and I demand them. Yeah. In the scene where they're like setting up what the heist is going to be, I also thought another credit to uh, uh, Luis as a character and the actor uh, when he's talking yeah. about like whistling. Uh, yeah. That was really funny when he's like, you know, like I'll dress up as a security guard and I'll, you know, I'll whistle to blend in. To blend in. Like, yeah. Don't whistle. Like you don't need to whistle. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was, that was, yeah. that, was a, that was a funny moment. Yeah, and then the heist begins, and right. Luis is immediately whistling Small World. Yeah, it's a small world, uh, after all. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so we see uh, Scott surfing down uh, the water main with the ants, which, again, just every usage of the ants. Even in previous, when they were doing like the, the training ant montage, and they saw like the ants building the bridge together, and like all of the usage of the ants in this were really cool, but I like this where there's, he's surfing down the water main with the ants here. And then the ants come down from the pipe to lift him up and they all like yeah. attach onto it. Just really cool. But also in the moment, I kind of felt uh, John's pain here where they're building up to the, to the ants that are coming down from the pipe. And then the ants start taking him over yeah. like to kind of shield him and bring him up. And I was like, oh, shit, are they turning on him? What's going on? Because yeah. I was like, I wouldn't want that shit happening to me. Right. Like, and, when, uh, and, then, but, and then and then, when the ants were crawling all over him, you were like, man, if those ants were all just wearing like individual Iron, yeah, Man, Iron Man suits. suits too. Like, <laughs> that would be so hot. That would be so hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, okay, hold on. Yeah. Wait, I, so I have a, I have a, I have a gripe. Uh, uh, air horn, please. Yeah, okay, sure. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to Christian's legitimate gripe corner. Maybe this is something uh -huh. you guys could clear up for me. Why were they trying to arrest Pim? I didn't get that. Like, like... Because they caught him on camera with uh, Scott right before he was broken out. But, like, why arrest him? Because they are very... Uh, they think it is very possible that he's the one who got him out. Gotcha. Okay, word. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. they really needed was, like, the camera stopped functioning as soon as Hank walks right. in the room, and then the camera started functioning once Hank left the room, and then two minutes later, Scott was broken out of prison. Yeah, for sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just a weird scene. Like, I, di I didn't really get it. There's been a lot less evidence that police have historically had to arrest a person. Yeah, for so, sure. But arrest like but a, a billionaire. Yeah, like like a lot like an old white billionaire CEO of the corporation that he's walking into. You know, the stepdad who we've gotten tons of backstory for. It just made sense at this moment that he'd go a little off the books because we know so much about this stepdad and why he's making right. all these decisions. Well, so. I also sort of think that like again, this was just like. So honestly, like towards this latter part of the movie, like, you know, kind of like the third act finale, 
I feel like this is really when the characters broke down for me, and I still liked the ending of the movie, but this was mm -hmm. really when shit started just getting, like, implausibly ridiculous, like, and a lot of the character motivations were sort of whatever, like... Because I thought that, like, uh, you know, the stepdad and Avon Barksdale, like, being at the, like, the spot and, like, trying to do cop shit, like, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Because they're, like, they're, like, yeah, they're, like, ADHD bouncing from point to point, never actually doing anything and never really addressing the fact that they aren't doing anything, you know? It's, like, they, like, like... It, it really felt like, uh, from a story perspective, they just stuck them there in that moment to generate tension. But it was, but it was all tension with no payoff because none of it had any further reaching implication. Like the story wouldn't have changed at all had they not been there. Like they didn't really affect yeah. anything. They didn't go inside. Yeah. They didn't like. Yeah, I totally yeah, they feel just, it. They just yeah. kind of like hassle him, and then they like hassle the guys in the car and then don't handcuff them or and, and then the dudes just get up and drive away and then they just kind of react to the fact that chaos is now breaking out of the pim facility yeah and that's it that's the only thing they do and so it was just sort of odd why they were even there yeah again it was just like it was like they would react to whatever shiny object was exactly, happening yeah. next to them, right? So, like, they were talking to Hank, and then the car was getting stolen. So they both ran after the car right. and left Hank. And then when they got the people in the car, then all of a sudden there was an explosion. So, oh, we'll just leave all the van and those two guys that we were going to arrest and leave them alone and go back to this thing. And right. they So they didn't accomplish anything yeah yeah i mean again all, like, I mean, like literally they're just there to make you as the audience go like oh no what if they did something but then they don't yeah and so this is probably the most marvely part of the uh of the movie oh, is for sure yeah yeah now we're getting the actual heist and scott's flying in with anthony and they're gonna destroy the data you know through servers that are hosted on site of the facility and they only have one backup that's in the same building that the actual data's in. So it's not really a backup because it's still on the same site that if that one building got destroyed, everything that they've ever worked on is forgotten yeah, if forever. If that one building, say, imploded, imploded in on, on itself, itself in like a black <laughs> hole kind of scenario, then that, that they'd really be fucked then. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do find out in this moment that the uh, one-liner government guy that was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets punched in the face. We don't really hear his name more than one time in the whole movie. Uh, guess what? He's working for Hydra. I don't know if you were going to catch on to that. Yeah. But, yep, Hydra's still around, and uh, this guy is part of it. And he's the one that's buying the tech, and Darren's going to make a buttload of money because he's just selling the suit. <laughs> you thought you were getting the particles along with it? Yeah, right, yeah, buddy. Yeah, you have to come to me for the fuel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so now Scott's in position above the Yellow Jacket suit, and we get... Uh, a moment where again, Christian has ruined Yay! movies for me. Uh, oh, and yeah, this dude. is now the loading bar moment yep. where oh, we get. Yes. Oh yes, we get a loading bar. Oh dude, we get we get an egregious loading bar. Oh, moment this here. is a 
This is a very intense yeah. loading bar moment where, you know what? That loading bar, it's going, it's going. Scott's about to jump. He gets the cue to go. And wait, they still have to hit the space bar, right. though, or else <laughs> it doesn't disable. Right. The, the, the loading bar was only part one right. to this sequence. Yeah. To oh, yeah. actually do it, they had to hit the space bar right. afterwards. Oh, you thought this arbitrary number sequence was bad? <laughs> Just wait, because there's a step two to it this time. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren saw this coming from a mile away. Uh, Which also, immediately, uh, by the way, I thought that this big reveal that he now he just forty chest everyone. I like I didn't I I didn't love this honestly because it's like I would like I would have liked it better, and I always feel like this in movies if there's like some even like subtle indication that like on a rewatch, maybe you'll like see something that you missed, you know, and be like, oh, cause this is why he did this thing here or whatever. But I sort of felt like this was just like some straight up Marvel convenience where he's just like, actually I've been in control of this situation the entire time and your plans are foiled. And I knew that this is exactly what was going to happen. And there was never any indication of that at all at any point in the movie up until that one second where the justification is just him being like, oh, well, I just knew because I knew. And then everyone's like, oh, fuck, he knew, you know, and it was just kind of, yeah. I don't know. You know, I agree. And the other thing, too, is we never really see that Darren is smart. Like, no, there's no. no indication through this whole movie that he's anything more than someone who's controlling people who are doing what he wants right. them to and, do. And in fact, to like jump on that point, not only do we like not see any indication that we smart, we kind of see the opposite, honestly. Yeah. Like, we, like, we kind of see that he's just sort of like reactionary and emotional and vengeful mm -hmm. and not logical. And so it's like, then he's just sort of like, oh, actually, I'm the logic master. I'm the master of law, you know? And it's just kind of like, it just felt like a weird turn of his character. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's like, in theory, he only found out about Hope being not on his side when he was at the house, right? Because he said he saw her. Right. But then Hope didn't know about this mechanism that could pull the suit out automatically if there was a threat that, like, mm -hmm. was in place where someone was trying to steal the Yellow Jacket suit. And they clearly didn't build it in the two hours between the house and the moment where they're showing right. off the Yellow yeah. Jacket suit, right? So, yeah, it was, it was like, okay, he saw it coming. Um... Uh, fine i guess you know and then this leads to the standoff uh with with all of them in the room all pointing guns at each other yeah, that was uh fun. just <laughs> yeah uh and so hank's about to get shot uh ant-man's trying to break the glass with his hands and finally uses one of those discs that he got earlier to make things bigger or smaller mm -hmm. uh to break out uh but Sorry, Hank still gets shot uh, oh, no. from point blank Point range. blank in the chest. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, yeah, but he's good. <laughs> it, 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 it literally does not matter at all. Yeah, I, 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 I felt indifferent about this part because I feel like it would have been good if like they showed him wearing a vest because they also kind of played it for the first like 30 seconds that he was going to get killed. Right. Right. And it's like you either go full in or you don't like you either reveal that he had a, a bulletproof vest on and he's OK 
or you're going to kill him off and you like show that he's going to be killed off. But he went from feeling like he was going to die to being okay in like 45 seconds. Totally. Yeah. And beyond like, yeah. And like, and be, it's like, I mean, to the point where it's just like, oh my God, he's comatose. He's losing consciousness to like, yeah. he like springs up like the grandfather and Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. You know, he's just like, boy, boy, boy. He's like, let's get out of here. Like, yeah, it was like not, yeah, not great. Yeah. The other thing, too, is there was, like, no blood at all anywhere. Yeah. Like, it was just him, like, holding that area, and there was nothing. He sure. was completely clean. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that was kind of, uh, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott's off to fight Darren, uh, and we find out that the tank keychain from earlier, when he picked it up off the, the, the shelf there, it's not just a keychain. It's an actual tank, yeah. which... Whoa. was an awesome reveal when I first saw this movie because I remember this part sticking out specifically. Um, but also I like this idea of like shrinking down certain things to keep on hand that they'll right. need at later points. And we see this a lot in the next Ant-Man movie. They really utilize yeah, this do. in a cool way of showing the way that they take things on the go with them. Yeah. You know, uh, you, and, and and they use the tech for you that could work. I think that that's cool and all. Um I don't want to I don't want to harp on this point again, but <laughs> I will point out that the tank like busting through the front of the building is probably the worst CG in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it just yeah, does fair. not look great. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that uh, point. So I actually kind of agree with you, but not because of the way it necessarily like looked of like the explosion and stuff. But I feel like the most unrealistic part was the movement of the tank, mm -hmm. like how much momentum the tank had yeah. with no liftoff. Yeah, it's like, sort of I like mean, it's, it like it like it sort of shoots out like a Humvee at full speed, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Where it's just like that's not what a tank would do. Yeah, yeah, because like I think it would have been slightly a bit more realistic if they were on the first floor right. and just like came out. I agree. But for it to have so much momentum that it was able to land flat instead of literally falling straight down right. and crashing, that part got me. But the CGI, I don't know, whatever, I don't care. It was more so the momentum. Though around this point, we do get actually one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. Um, when Anthony is killed? Uh, is that your favorite moment? Well, I, I loved bet. that. Don't get me wrong, but it's actually before <laughs> Anthony is killed. It's when um, uh, Ant-Man is, like, running through the sort of, like, pure white, like, makeshift, um, like, uh, a replica like of the uh, of cross laboratories yeah exactly of yeah. the of the laboratory and everyone's like shooting at him and yeah. it's that like it's that fun thing where he's like tiny but he's like running through this like model so it like it does this like interesting camera thing where it's yeah. like everything's proportionally correct to yeah. him but because he's small but also like the bullets that are hitting it's like a meteor shower around him and yeah. shit's just like exploding yeah, everywhere like that was cool really that was gives, really cool uh, what is this a center for ants yeah totally yeah. dude yeah, yeah it's, a it's a classic zoolander moment yeah. Yeah, I, I loved all the moments where he would be, like, fighting or dealing with things in small, you know, Ant-Man mode. And yeah. then you would pull back and see that it's just, like, 
not as intense from a regular person's dude, they, point of view. They did a lot of those, and they're all so good. So good, yeah. dude. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is this is really nice. And so uh, he makes it to the uh, the the helicopter to chase after Yellow Jacket yep. and the crew. By the way, the nicest helicopter I've ever seen. Uh, those couches were all cushioned and so nice. Like, I don't know. I feel like every helicopter I've ever seen in a movie like this, or even one where it's like depicting rich people with helicopters, I feel like I've never seen one that nice before in, in these movies. Yeah, like a luxury couch. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah it, was, it was really luxurious in there. Yeah. But I think they also did that to amp up the fight scene here because again this is another point where he's like shooting the lasers from the yellow jacket suit and it's like going into the cushions and the cushions are like exploding yeah. on them as they're kind of going through this fight scene also can i say i have another i have another gripe with this moment honestly mm -hmm. and it's uh like it took ant-man a whole ass montage to be able to like harness the power of the suit well enough that he could just like do all of these things on command, sort of establishing that like your sort of ability to like shrink and get larger and shrink and get larger is actually like a specific skill that needs to be honed. It's not something that's just necessarily innate until you've gotten a feeling for it. And then this dude goes from, like, never wearing the yellow jacket suit to just, like, putting it on and being exactly as proficient as Ant-Man, like, uh, without literally any training or anything. Mm. He just sort of is Ant-Man's equal now. Like, he's not awkward in the suit at all. It just sort of stood out to me. So I think kind of that is true. I think it's a little bit off. But I also think a lot of the fighting that was done in that moment was not done by him. It was done by the blasters or whatever that were on the yellow jacket suit, which, yeah. you know, was he controlling the, the blasters or not? Were they like automated and finding heat signatures? I don't really know, but I feel like a lot of his fighting was kind of replaced by the blasters versus just him growing and shrinking, growing and shrinking, sure. mm -hmm. right? More of that was actually done by by Ant-Man than it was by Yellow Jacket. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, and, and yeah. we see, we see, yeah, for sure. And we see a little bit more of that too, um, like when we actually get to the house, but you know. Yeah. yeah. And so they're falling in this briefcase, Dude, which again, they're fighting. And what a cool fucking moment. awesome. By the way, yeah. that was tight again dude like every single point and that and i think maybe sort of the thing about ant-man for me was that there were like there like none of the epic moments were flat at all to me it's like every time they like set something up to be like yeah big it was it like it just accomplished it yeah. nicely yeah and even like the dumb humor of the like you know whatever he says cure and then they like play the cure it's like you know siri starts playing it or whatever i forget what his exact line is but even that like that's such like a dumb tropey movie thing and it didn't even take me out of the moment because of how much i liked the inside the briefcase scene yeah and that was just again it's like it's tight it's just like and it actually like used the environment of the briefcase yeah, and the I random was, things i was gonna that say that like, using like the the phone as the lighting source for the inside of the mm -hmm. briefcase yeah, part was it's so tight clever. dude it's fucking cool. So cool. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, this was a, yeah, it was a great scene. 
Um, and then we see that shot again where it's like we see now from the outside perspective of the briefcase falling into the pool. Right. And it's just like this very anticlimactic thing after this really big fight. Right. And it's like and it's actually funny, which I keep yeah. saying, but it's like it's a big thing in this movie. Where and like and I feel like, you know, maybe especially coming off of the back of like a fucking James Gunn movie or whatever, I'm like because so many of the things in that movie are just like, haha, here's a joke. And it, but it's just like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, it's like, it's this like dumb attempted humor that sucks. Like, um, yeah. or uh, not, and, 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 and I guess to James Gunn's credit, he at least manages to be funny at points, but like the yeah. fucking the uh, uh, so maybe a better example is like the Age of Ultron one. Fucking uh, wait, was Age of Ultron James Gunn? No, no, no. Who was that? That was the Buffy the Vampire Joss Slayer Whedon. dude, right? Josh, Josh Whedon. Whedon. Josh yeah. Whedon's a way better example of being yeah. like it's like it's like the jokes are fucking stupid and never land and i'm just annoyed whereas like yeah. an ant-man it's like the briefcase falls into the swimming pool obvious attempted humor quite funny i was like hey you know what that's enjoy and we see even more of that like later with like the train yeah the scenes. thomas the tank like, engine so, so good dude like really funny like legit like just solid yeah yeah well that's where we are uh yellow jacket apparently gets stuck into a fly trap uh and then they uh, yellow jacket then just goes straight over to to cassie uh right which was a little like yeah. okay sure y yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean again and like the the stepdad shows up and he immediately takes his mask off yeah um which again was like kind of an interesting reveal i guess but it also didn't feel impactful at all like it wasn't super clear why he was showing his identity in that moment when he really didn't have to, he could have just shrank and left. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That was all kind of interesting. But then as they're driving away, he's in custody. Stepdad's like, you're never going to see your daughter again. Like you really screwed up, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, now he's yellow jacket is with Cassie. Right. Uh, he knows where Cassie is and finds her and, uh, and and so this is where the big the big actual yellow jacket ant-man fight scene comes into play uh on the train tracks of this uh little girl's room right which, which... was so good dude like <laughs> so just good. really good like actually yeah. this fucking owned yeah and i love that we again like switched perspectives we saw the fight scene from ant-man and yellow jacket's eyes and then we would switch to the closet where cassie was to see like the train fall off the tracks when it hits yellow jacket or, you know, like these, what seemingly are large explosions are more like pop caps. Right. right. It's, it's yeah, this, this is so good. And, uh, I like the sound design of this too. Like you felt, uh, the impact even earlier when you were talking about the rat that he runs into yeah. the way that the rat like grunts and it wasn't just like a normal rat sound because totally. obviously right. the size of where he was, I felt like they took all those things into consideration really well, even during the Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, fight. well, and it, and like, and it almost makes those moments where you see these like epic things happen, and then it's like the zoom out to it just being yeah. like actually mundane. Like the sound design here leads so much of the uh, sort of humor there too, because again, it's like it's like it's it's to their scale. 
and it's like you know this like this chugging train and these like you know these like explosions or like hits and everything's like you know just but then it's like when it cuts out it's just like the normal sound so it's like you know when the yeah like, i thought it was really good yeah. like like when he like the trains like coming like, and he yeah. hits it and he's like and like throws yeah. it and it just cuts and yeah and like and you even hear like a little like like yeah. sound yeah. where it like hits him you know but it's just like tiny like it's funny it was good dude it was tight yeah yeah this is uh very enjoyable before Thomas the Thomas the Tank Engine uh gets uh made large and then jumps out of the front of the house onto the uh police mm. car, which uh also one of the ants during this oh, fight dude, like gets made so large as gross. well. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> Holy shit. If a giant ant rolled down my staircase, I would be fucking <laughs> you'd have to admit me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then the uh the stepdad makes it in here and this is when uh Yellow Jacket grabs Cassie. This is like the moment uh Ant-Man realizes what he has to do. His suit's made out of titanium. He can't get through the Yellow Jacket suit. He's going to go subatomic. Oh my god. Uh, that, the you know one what? thing he was never he supposed to do. Supposed... Yep. Uh and so he goes subatomic. He makes the yellow jacket suit explode, but he keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And we get our first views of the uh the quantum realm here in this moment uh until he is stuck and he's just floating in the middle of whatever this quantum realm is. Uh, until he uses one of those uh, little devices that he had before to mess with the regulator. Uh, and I was listening to this moment where we hear the little backtrack of Hank in his mind saying, don't mess with the regulator. Yeah. And I thought, mm, this is kind of cheesy. It's a little cheesy. <laughs> a of, yeah. I agree. It is a little cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. 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 Again, I think Michael Douglas paid money for yeah. them <laughs> as he came in to give him these little moments. He's like, look, I know movies. I've been in the movie industry a long time and we need these one liners in them. Yeah. And we need these little cheesy moments to make it work. Um, but he's able to come back out of the quantum realm for the first time ever. Uh, Hank is able to see someone who has gone in and successfully come back out of the quantum realm. Uh, but he doesn't remember what happened. Is it possible that his wife is still alive? Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't he like muse mm. that to himself yeah. out loud yes. after they leave yes. the room? <laughs> it's not possible, is it? That's so fucking <laughs> stupid. Again, I'm telling you, man, this was all Michael Douglas. No one wrote these lines for him. He just these were just part of his contract. Onto set and just started yeah. saying things. And it all made it into the movie. He's like, "Hey guys, can we do that one more time? But this time, leave it rolling a little longer. Yeah. I've got an idea." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then we see here in this moment that uh, you know, Scott and Hope got along better than we all thought they did. Yeah. Uh, because Hank walks out to them kissing in the hallway. Right. Again, uh, we have which, like two-dimensional emotional girl uh shout outs that was the entirety of hope's character throughout the whole film and it all leads up to this moment where she's still two-dimensional emotional girl and then it's and then and, and then we're done seeing hope yep but i do love how they kind of uh, brush off this moment but again this is all paul rudd man like his reaction to hank catching them and then you know, he's like, no, nothing's happening. No, something's happening. I hope you shouldn't have done that to me. And then he walks off and Michael Douglas calling him a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this whole thing. And then we get the family dinner. And again, 
the very fleshed out stepdad yeah. story here where we get the reasoning that he's now not only okay with everything that he did, but also he's a big fan of Scott at right. this point. And also he's like actively covering up his yep. very real crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was a technical glitch. Yeah. And why should he be in trouble uh, for a technical glitch? Right, even though he did uh, still break out of jail. That still yeah. happened, but it, yep. who cares? Yeah, well, uh, and then we also get to see uh, John's favorite character from this movie, which is the giant, the giant ant, ant dude. Uh, oh and my is God. now a pet. Holy fuck, dude. It was like, <laughs> literally, like, this is what I imagine, like, if you made if you somehow made like a live adaptation of Kafka's metamorphosis, like, yeah, just, it, like, would, so it would look like disgusting and like, yeah, oh. dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh man. Well, uh, it turns out we get one more story here from Luis, uh, because someone's looking for Ant-Man and, uh, he's heard a whole story about how that happened. And we get our Stan Lee appearance here as well, yep. which, all the characters that were part of these stories that were lip synced, right? They clearly were lip syncing yep. yeah. to Luis's story. Um, Stan Lee also did a great job of like mimicking Luis's uh, talking style in this moment too. Oh, which see, that's Stan funny. Lee's not really an actor, you know. Like, I was actually gonna say he's the only one that I noticed that the lip sync was off on. Like <laughs> the, the the lip sync, oh, really? The lip sync, and like, and just by a bit, but the lip sync was like yeah. impeccable on everyone else. For all the other ones, other yeah. than Stan Lee, where it was like slightly off. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think it's mostly because he's not seeing Stan Lee not yeah. just do his normal same Stan line right. every single time was kind of just nice to see a sure. shake up, yeah. you know? Oh, also, before we get, this is another detail. Okay, another one of those very detailed things that they do in this movie. He's talking about how he's at an art gallery for like abstract expressionist shit. And he's yeah. talking about, he's like, oh, like, you know, I, I'm into neo-cubism, but I really like, I, I saw this like really nice Rothko and it shows them in front of a painting that actually looks like a Rothko painting. Hell and yeah. it's like, I don't know if that's actually like a Rothko painting because I, they all kind of look if the same. If they have to get rights or whatever yeah, for I don't it, know, yeah. but it, it's like painted in the style of a Rothko untitled piece. And it's like, oh, okay. They actually cared to put that in there. It's cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah. And that, and that scene was like funny too, again, because it's sort of like the juxtaposition of this, like sort of bumbling doofus, but then he's like <laughs> yeah. really into this like high art. And again, you know, like it's the same shit that I said that I liked about uh winter soldier that is like at play here is they just like, they just let the funny shit be funny and then like yeah. don't have to pan to a scene of a guy being like, I didn't take you for an art enthusiast based on the interactions we've had with one another so far up until this point in the movie. <laughs> and then everyone in the room laughs, you know, and like Marvel does that way too often. But mm -hmm. like it yeah. is a lot of the humor just sort of was there and then it just whoosh, we just move past it and it can just be funny. And uh, and so we find out here that it's Falcon. And Falcon is looking for Ant-Man. Uh, we also get a mention, by the way, of a guy who swings and climbs up walls. We do, yeah. I wonder who that could be. Maybe Black we'll find Widow. out soon. We'll find out in yes, the very exactly. Next movie. Whoa, Whoa, and that's it. That is the end of Ant-Man. I even thought just like just the end of the montage too, being yeah. like 
Paul Rudd being like, what did you tell him? And he's like, I told him. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, yeah man, will return. <laughs> Even that was funny. Like, that was a funny way yeah. to end. Like, the whole fucking, yeah. No, it's solid. You know what? Shout outs. I actually really liked Ant-Man. I thought that was a great movie. Well, we get two credit scenes here. Mm-hmm. First, we get a mid-credit scene, which is... Uh, Hank bringing Hope down to the lab and showing her that uh, they were working on a suit for uh, his wife. But you know what? Seems like they were working on it for Hope. Right. Uh, and it's setting up potentially the next movie because guess what that movie's called? Ant-Man, Ant-Man and, and the, the Wasp. Wasp. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we get an end credit scene as well. Not just a throwaway, but actually a setup for the next movie, um, which is Captain America, Falcon, and Bucky. Uh, we get a mention of the Accords, which we're going to hear about here in the next movie. And uh, they're going to need some more people to help out because they can't go to Tony this time. Uh, it seems like something is causing a disagreement between them. Oh, my uh, God. But you know what? Falcon knows someone who can help. Yeah. End scene. Right. Ant-Man will return. Yeah. And, yeah. and Ant-Man, Ant-Man will, will return. return. Cool. <laughs> Great movie. Dude, Great honestly, movie. man, like, yeah, fuck. I know it's, like, sort of a weird break in format from the podcast, but this is, like, this is truly, like, the first Marvel movie that I've watched where I actually, like, enjoyed it. Like, like the Captain America movies, I think, are the standouts, but I would never like consider those as movies that i would just like sit down and watch you know and enjoy but like i think ant-man it's like i could have just sat down and watched this with no context for the rest of the marvel universe and i still would have liked it yeah uh again it's the power of paul rudd yeah i think that straight up man like fucking paul rudd killed it yeah what a great choice in casting uh for for ant-man and again gordon levitt or something like that. Oh, yeah. was it? Oh, okay. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they they wanted uh, someone like young, so they were trying to go for Gordon Levitt, and then like I think Edgar Wright wanted Paul Rudd, and then Paul Rudd actually ended mm. up getting the role. Yeah, yeah. Well, it made sense. Uh, we're down to our favorite part of the podcast, right. where we are going to go over some reviews of what we all thought uh, and what Christian uh, loved. Mm-hmm. what i didn't uh like so much and yeah, then some final thoughts from uh john yep so um i mean i kind of have already like said it all throughout the course of this podcast i guess because you know there i think that there were actually a lot of things that i liked about this movie but I guess if I had to pick like one thing as the standout above all of the other things, uh, it would really be that like, I feel like this movie went in a good direction as far as what we've seen uh, some of these movies do in the past, or maybe like in spite of what we've seen some of these movies do in the past, where it's like, I think superheroes are goofy by their nature like it's inherently like kind of a silly concept in a lot of ways and i think that in past uh movies we almost see this like they're trying to lean into like 
the grittiness of it or the real world implications or the severity or, you know, like the sort of overall existential menace that must be defeated. But I like I really liked how in this one it's like it, it, it still had all those components, but it still managed to be like lighthearted and like goofy and didn't try to it wasn't afraid to be goofy and i think it actually worked quite well for it um even like the scenes when he's like and we kind of like brushed over these but when he's like first kind of getting acquainted with the various classes of ants that he'll have at his disposal and then he keeps like getting scared by them and going big and like putting holes in the lawn it's like it's just it's just funny like i don't know and and i th- and i think maybe that is like the overall theme for me is that like because this movie took itself seriously enough to tell its story but not so seriously that it got like so far up its own ass that it like just made me roll my eyes constantly it hit this nice equilibrium where i felt like truly for the first time in the entirety of the marvel franchise i was able to just sort of sit back and enjoy it i just enjoyed this for what it was the cgi parts were really creative which i liked um you know it wasn't just like slugfest stuff you know there was a lot of very uh uh, creative uses of the environment um like we were kind of saying before with the uh uh the phone in the briefcase being like the source of light you know the various when he's falling through sort of the various uh, uh relatable society cultural gathering places into a nightclub into a home into the inside of a wall onto a car whatever um they just made really good use of the environments and the sound design was great and uh the action was good um the only things i really didn't like truly were some of the character motivations were bad some of the characters weren't written that well you know whatever but like but just but just none of that really stood in the way of my overall enjoyment of the movie um and so I think uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to have to give this movie a solid two. Just kidding. Um, I'm going ha- to have to give <laughs> this movie a solid eight. This gets an eight for me. Whoa. Just a nice, easy eight. Like, this, was just, this was fun, dude. I think it, wow. it, it loses some points for me because I hate poorly written women in one-liners and and, uh, and and Marvel does that a lot it's like just write interesting women they can they have you know it's just they don't for some fucking reason um and also yeah just like some of the one-liners not great I thought the villain reveal was a little you know cheesy um and uh i thought that like the stepdad character wasn't you know like what but whatever but it's like but the thing is like when this movie was good it like was good enough to overshine all of that and i think what tends to happen to me is that it's like the high points in these movies often aren't good enough to overshine all of the things I don't like. So I can enjoy something, but all the other stuff still drags down my enjoyment where this, my enjoyment peaked. uh, So all of the nitpicks weren't enough to detract from the things that I did like. So yeah, solid, easy eight from me on to you. Wow. Wow. That is, that's big news. This is going to make mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this on the news on yeah, CNN. On um, yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, uh, you know, what I didn't like, I think it's kind of the stuff we've all discussed, which is not so well fleshed out stepdad, not so well fleshed out villain in regards to like, is he supposed to be smart? Because he feels like he's kind of dumb and we don't ever see him being smart in any scenes, but somehow he's like still maneuvering and functioning and figuring out how to make his own version of pin particles and he does it like it's all just kind of unclear uh how those characters are fleshed out because they did i think so much work to make sure all the main good guy characters were the focal point of this movie which again overshadows you know how kind of terrible some of these other characters were um uh you know some of the one-liners uh stuck in my head because of christian uh and things like that <laughs> you know loading bars and all that but i think again the most egregious thing to me across this was the character of the stepdad didn't make any sense didn't feel like it was important didn't understand what he was doing or why he was doing anything or why he was okay with uh scott Typical at the end of the cop, movie am I right yeah. Hey, uh, well, yeah. you know he was a typical cop because uh, when there was like a uh, uh, dangerous maniac with a weapon uh, in his daughter's room, uh, they all waited like a full twenty minutes before they actually yeah, went into anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yep, you know, true. So there you go. Yeah. Um. But overall, uh, I love this movie. It was the most fun MCU movie so far, hands down. The funniest MCU movie, hands down, so far. Um, I forgot. I mean, again, it's like this was in between Age of Ultron and I think I think Civil War is the first movie of Phase 3, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure movie. we're yeah. seeing... Yeah, we're seeing Civil War next in regards to movies. Uh, it is sandwiched between two giant movies of Avengers and Civil War. And I kind of forgot how great this movie was. Uh, seeing it again was really, really fun. Um, I would put this at a 7.8 out of 10. Wow. Uh, probably my highest rated one so wow. far. Wow, I rated it higher than you, dude. Wow. Goddamn. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I would say one other thing that uh, maybe I didn't care about at all. Uh, in this movie was the whole server room thing. I just didn't care. I, I didn't I didn't care when they, he was setting up the servers and destroying the chips and planting the bombs. Like, that was <coughs> uninteresting to me. Uh, so that's another standout for me. But anyways, loved it. I loved the movie. It was great. Yeah. Uh, John, um, take us away. Wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that Christian actually rated something higher than you did. Uh, yeah, goddamn, dude. What a yeah, turn. This, this, this podcast yeah. is over. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, like, leading up to this movie, to me, like, watching this movie, I was the least excited. I don't know why, because I had watched the movie before, and I've watched uh, Ant-Man 2, and that's probably what it is, is I remember watching Ant-Man 2, and I think Ant-Man 2 was so bad that it retrospectively made me think that Ant-Man 1 was also bad. So I was like wow. super surprised when I started watching this movie and it actually turned out to be like really fun. Um like we said, like the CG was really fucking cool. And I think that means that this was like a pretty well planned out movie. Um, at least when mm -hmm. it comes to like all the Ant Man scenes where like he would shrink down and grow. Um, I think that had to be super, super well planned for it to turn out as well as it did. Um, so 
props to them. Uh, I wish we had a right cut of Ant-Man, kind of like they had Snyder cut for Justice League, because I <laughs> honestly, I think that the, uh, if he stayed on the project, this would easily be like an eight and a half, nine out of 10. Um, but because it's in the MCU, I didn't like that. I didn't like how like all all the fucking one-liners ended up being. I still cannot get over the power and inconsistency of power of the Ant-Man suit and the Pym particle. I can't. I, there's something about it. Can't do it. But uh, and also the rock climbing wall, fucking bugged me really hard. I don't know. <laughs> Um, something we did gloss over was the music was really fucking good in this movie. The theme for Ant Man is really cool. I liked. Uh, yeah. It felt like very like um, like you know James Bondy, but also very like old school super heroish. Like because it's a heist movie basically at its core. Yep. Um, thought it was really good. So overall, I mean, I think I'm gonna have to give it a seven point seven five. It's a very oh, fun movie. Okay. I don't know if I would watch it over and over and over again, but it is it is up there. Word. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I there just it rated is. a movie higher than both of you for perhaps the first and last time in this podcast yeah, history, though we will find out. And what a great way to end the movies of phase two. Yeah. Uh, what you're going to hear next from us is the uh, phase two recap yep. episode where we're going to go over all the movies of phase two and talk about why uh, Christian totally agrees that I... Uh, had the right hypothesis yeah, that watching so. all of the MCU no, makes no, everything better and that no. all the movies are good and uh, that he rated That's two not, movies in this nope. uh, series of movies mm. as a seven or higher right. uh, out of five. Yeah. You know, that's pretty good. Sure. So, you know, Thor Dark World, we're going right. to forget about and not talk no, about again. We'll probably talk about recap it. Yeah. And, yeah, sure. yeah, you know, it's all going to be really great. Sure. Uh, you know, so we'll see. Right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. We'll hear you in the phase two recap. Okay, see you next Bye-bye. time, everybody. Go- okay. Goodbye. Bye.